Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at shopgwdistrict.com. That's shopgwdistrict.com. The GW District, a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. That's right. That's right. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling. Now, time for the show. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing. Um, I uh, just a quick side note. Uh, uh, I normally when I do this, I turn off my notifications. Uh, I got a a sandwich coming. Um, so uh, if I if I cut out for a second, that's them calling to get in the gate, and then. Yeah. I might have to get up for just one second to grab the sandwich, but I mean, it's, you know, just giving you that heads up. If it goes oh. blank for half a second, it's not because of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or if you hear a noise, it's them basically giving me a minute by minute uh, thing. You know, it's, I've been off my, uh, normally I, normally I have everything taken care of, but it's, uh, you know, you know how we do when we get the show rolling and yeah. then, uh, you know, I just kind of, I just my neck's been bothering me. Everything's been out of whack, and I, my sleep schedule's been really yeah. out of whack. So it's like one star have to work through injury, just like the athletes and the pro wrestlers. Damn it! Yeah, I'm in dire. What I really need is a actual, like, really probably really good massage, or at very minimum, some 
Percocets are some really good muscle relaxers. So it'll, whatever is aggravating my neck can just kind of, but I don't have, you know, I don't have uh, any contacts in, in Atlanta and, uh, and it's not painful enough. To, you know, people keep telling me to go to a, uh, like a pain management clinic and I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how to lie well enough to, to make it sound like more than it is at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you know, if you give me and not even like, give me five, if you give me five, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, okay. Or something like that. Cause you know, I, I but yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, how has your week been? Well, my week has been big. Well, Last week has been pretty decently busy, of course, with podcasting and everything. Um, and we programming note, Pro Wrestling Smoke is back. And if you listen to this here on Wednesday, it's up in the Premium Smoke business as we speak. And we talked about the state of wrestling. It's called State of Wrestling Address. We talk about the state of wrestling, what have you. Anyway, but yeah, uh, Interviewed a section young lady by the name of Tink Badass. Uh, I'm like, from looking at her videos, from looking at her, her look, and the whole nine, I'm very surprised that a lot of motherfuckers ain't grabbed her ass. Who? Um, her name is Tink Badass. She, four foot 11, but yeah. Team Badass? No, Tink. 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 Tink I, Badass. Yeah. I yeah. have not, I have not heard of, uh, is she new or is she? She's, she's been on the, I dare say the amateur circuit because it's like I said, I don't want to give away too much with the interview we have, and I might bring I'm bringing it back to later episodes. But she uh, have not shot with too many established talent, not enough to where it make noise, okay. and that's why I think females is like you have to shoot with a certain amount of established male talent in order to make noise, just like a male talent has to shoot with a certain amount a certain amount of established female talent to make noise. I mean that's true. I mean not to I'm not trying to blow myself up at all because uh, Abby Rhodes is a star mm. in in the making in and of herself. But uh her you know she definitely because I you know been talking to people about her and I also you know, I noticed her her only fa- not, not only fans her um her uh, Twitter has blown up as far as like followers because just been spreading the word and kind of posting little mini clips and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with um plus size princess in that you know yeah. I've been telling people about her like I have certain meetings uh, and hopefully well first I got to take care of myself and then when the opportunity arises I'll be like well you know there's somebody that you haven't had a chance. No one's really had a chance to book yeah. on their site and that would be plus size and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it is word of mouth type thing. Yeah. Uh, I did. Oh yes. And I did interview the wonderful and beautiful Helena price, uh, and TT Park. That was fun. TT Park was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. She followed me recently. I haven't, uh, I haven't spoken to her. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's uh yeah, the price and set up something, dog. I'm telling you. I I I think I think you have fun and plus I know she would probably work with you because you have cash. Well you my feel? thing my thing is I'll work basically there's there's uh and actually I saw somebody that's on my no list. They just happened to be working with somebody that I know and I was like, Yeah, yeah, that's still <laughs> a no, no, no. Uh and I'll and again it's it doesn't it's not worth mentioning names because like I said, it's, it's not, uh, I don't think 
and you know it'll ever happen and honestly if it ever gets brought up again it'll just be a simple no because i'm not going to trash another unless they do something really nefarious i'm not going to trash another talent it's just like no mm-hmm. but overall i'll work with anybody i'll work with any you know body type age group etc because you know it's it's about mm-hmm. working and, and getting paid uh usually my big all out no is no no uh no Republicans and or, you know, if you're going to be kind of dickish to me or like be kind of disrespectful or whatever, it's still not a hard no, but it's more of a, well, if somebody is paying us mm-hmm. or if, you know, some or if it's a situation where basically I. You if, have no if, choice if in the matter. You, you got to if, if it's advantageous to me and somebody else is handling it and all I have to do is travel I, not even not even that like not, if i don't have to travel that far you know because uh you know there's a thing i'll give a big how i don't give a shit how big your name is uh it, i'll sit there and look oh well she's only seven minutes away and i'll be like oh geez seven minutes like wow you know i mean that's how fucking yeah, that's how the odyssey started they thought they were only going to be gone for 10 and you know i mean ooh, you know how that turned out so i mean i i uh yeah so i'm i'm down it's usually what the female wants or what you know, it's it's funny that you say that, uh, and this is not a, this has nothing to do with Helena because I don't know her. Yeah. But I'm trying desperately. I'm, I'm in talk with somebody trying to become like a partner, AK or slash manager, and I'm and I'm pushing hard uh, to get into more of the mainstream or it's very minimum regular paying gigs because it's it's funny being a white male talent especially in Atlanta, where I think I'm the only legitimate one in all the city, you hear people constantly say, like, oh, there's a need for white male talent. There's a need. There's a shortage. And, and honestly, there's not. There's there's plenty, but they do one of two things. They either just go full mainstream, which I'm, I'm not going to lie. If somebody offers me regular paying gigs, that eats up all my time. I have no problem uh, putting... I have no problem putting content share in, you know, I have a team that I'm a part of. So if I have to do content share, I'll do it with them and I'll know it'll be good shit. But uh, with, uh, you know, it's like you get kind of fed up because now I'm at a level where I have some pool. I know some really good people. I could help open doors or at least, you know, like make introductions to like some name talent. But I'm not quite at like a Thor Johnson level. So it's like my cloud is not enough. So like, you know, people say, oh, I want, to work with male talent and then it's like yeah you kind of do but you want to they have to be a certain way you're like less yeah. you're less open-minded to like you know you're less open-minded as to what a white male talent supposed to be plus i have to have x amount more as far as credential or whatever and you're in no particular hurry to get there it's like you say you oh i desperately need interracial and then you hit me up see, see, later. What, what, what girls don't get that guys do and that is, if you want to get to a certain level, you have to shoot like the level that you're getting to shoots. Let's keep it one fucking hundred. Main level, mainstream, you're shooting with mostly white boys, whether you're black or you're white. You feel what I'm coming from? Yeah. At the end of the day, and then two, you also cut yourself off of bookings and money well, as a female. You know, because no, no. For me, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm embittered or angry. It's just more of like, oh, they don't want to. It's more of, uh, 
I want to go with mainstream because a it's a check in the hand, and I can build if I know I'm working. Yeah. If I do if I do like eight paid gigs uh, a month on the average, I can build on that and build something you know like my own little thing off of that while getting exposure and work. And for me, I'll take j- just to avoid the lack of aggravation and dealing with uncertainty where it's like hey you got to be in miami on tuesday wednesday thursday and this is what you need to bring and this is the times you need to show up and blah 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 doesn't matter who i'm working with it's like i will show up do what i gotta do check thank you very much because all i have to think about is getting hard and staying in character i'm in it's it's a thing of it's everybody's their own little business and i understand the girls are doing some girls are more about business and some are not some really just want to fuck guys they would date in their real life and they don't really, you know, and so on, which is, again, I'm not shitting on it, but what I... Yeah, he about to get his food, ladies and gentlemen. You can't, like, you, you uh, I'm, I'm sorry, my, my, um, you know, the thing is, it's like, uh, uh, uh sorry, my wife just called and threw me off. Um, no, uh, uh, you know, it's like, it's not advantageous to me, like making me like, if you only want to give me, you know, you want to jerk me around on scheduling, you want to wait nine months to shoot with me. You only want to put in half, like some guy that comes in, he's, he claims to be talented. He's only shot two and a half scenes and you're swinging from the chandelier with your ankles over your head, you know, and like a fucking core cop up your ass yodeling. Well then, um, uh, you know, then that's great, but then you show up with me, and then you're gonna give me half your efforts. It's like, well, it's not worth shooting with you. Same thing with like, and I've I've heard you say it, where a lot of white female talent want to sh- like only shoot with black guys, and then they'll complain. They're like, well, no guys, white guys reach out to me, and it's like, well, I'm not gonna reach out to you because I look at your stuff, and it has a very distinctive look, and you have a you have a very distinctive style. And so I'm sorry. And this goes for any talent. If you shoot the same thing or same style over and over again, if you want to shoot with like an Asian talent, male or female, uh, a white, a Hispanic, it's on you to reach out. It's not on anybody else. You're the one that's, you know, if you're only shooting with, if I'm only shooting with black female talent and, uh, you know, then like, but I'm like, oh, gee, none of the white girls are are reaching out to me. It's like, well, because... You have 87 videos. They're all with black girls. And no one's, you know, and they have this attitude. Like, I'm not going to reach out to you. Like, you need to reach out to me. And I just, for me, I just, it's getting a level of frustration. And it's one of those things of how can I get experience if I can't, if you won't give me the job. So it's like, I can't reach this magical level of cloud that I'm supposed to have. Now, 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 the other side of that is, because I experienced this too, that when I did reach out, like, for example, I reached out to smaller girls. And the first thing they holler is, all you shoot is BBWs. Why would you want me? And it's kind of like, okay, no disrespect, and I don't want no female to feel some type of way, but if you do, fuck you. You got to be the dumbest motherfucker to even ask that question because it means that I want to shoot with you. You feel what I'm coming from? Because sometimes you can't help what you shoot with because that's what you're left to shoot with. Because women don't take into account that y'all have pick of the litter. We do not. Exactly, yeah. We yeah. don't have to pick of the litter. We just can't. It like this. Any female can go into a male talent's DM and probably get to shoot, and it's probably 75 to 25. We go into a female's DM, it's 50 50, or if you really want to go there, 51 49, 51 that she might not do it, 49 that she might. 
Yeah, and and it's a thing of I would love to shoot with you know uh, like a Maddie Collins or an Anastasia Rose, like the smaller girls, and shoot something different. But uh, those girls, usually those girls are they go right into the studio system, um, or again, like you said, a lot of them they you have to have a certain amount of clout, uh, you know, and. Uh, I have not really shot with any Asian female actresses or any Hispanic actresses, and it's not any fault of my own because, you know, they, they're they doing their own thing, especially when they're a content creator. They're doing their own thing. So they will, you know, and also, and this is just a personal thing for me, if I see you fucking with male talent that aren't, you know, really trying to make a real go of it or they're just kind of half-assing it or you know, or they're just so new, they're so green that they haven't really learned the proper ways and you're giving, and you're doing trade with them. And then I message you or we talk and you're expecting me to dish out money, not only money, but if you're out of state, I got to pay for you to come here. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're uh, working with like real male talent, like if you're working with a mysterious or a Richard Mann or a Thor and you're doing studio work and then you're like, Hey, look, I want, you know, I want money, then we can have the conversation or, or, you know, also there is some other things that like, you know, like I've had women tell me like to work with white male talent, you have to pay me. And it's like, all right, that's, I am not going to say what you, that's how you run your little business. I'm personally not going to do that. Uh, And, you know, and also, and that's the thing, I don't get mad or offended, but it's more of, this is not advantageous to me and getting to where I want to be. And, you know, I just, I would much, and again, when they go, if I get my way and all, like sake of argument come between sake of argument, May and September, I'm just doing nothing but pay shoots. I, I just, I'm able to get to that magic door of the mainstream and do all the, you know, and just doing regular pay gigs. And then everyone's like, I'll literally, if they ask me in an interview or something, be like, Hey, I was standing around it was it went it was like pulling teeth. I would go to shoot houses and I would literally stand around for days. Uh, I you know just like hey, uh, you you have to treat the male talent the same way you would the guys you really want to fuck. Like you know there's yeah. certain there's certain female talent I'm really excited to shoot with and ones I'm like, oh yeah sure I'll shoot with her. Um, but I treat everybody like if I was going to work with princess plus size princess in the morning and then work with Sarah J that night I treat them both the same and I take both shoots very seriously and give them the same, the same, everything and the same efforts, the same respect on time, you know, so on and so forth. So I don't treat anybody differently, you know, whereas it, there is like like a weird hierarchy. It's a lot of them do. It's like, look, this is not your personal dating thing. This is not, you're not here to just, you know, it's like, I, I get that you may not find me as attractive, but I generate sales and I'm, if you put something on with me on this website, like apparently I just found out from several people that I'm very popular on a site called Southern Charms. Uh, and it's, you know, and, uh, and it's a, it's a female run site. You can't, if you're a guy, you can't really have your own channel, but this video yeah. I'm in with the female talent that I'm with are doing very well. So it's like, if you take this and put it on there, it will do well. That's what I bring to the table, but I'm not going to be treated like a jerk off. If I get the sense that you keep blowing me off or I, you know, you're willing to reschedule my shit to make room for other people. Eventually it's like, well, I'm not in a hurry to shoot with you now and I'm not in a want to. So I'm, you know, like, 
again, it's that thing of if we're on the same floor in the same hotel at a convention and we happen to have the time free, like, yeah, sure. Why not? But I'm not going to really, you know, go out of my way to shit with you because it's, you know, you've proven that it's, it's, you know, you, again, it's a little disrespectful. Like I'm doing this the right way and I'm doing this the hard way to make sure that everything is legitimate. And this is my reward that, you know, you're, you're, you're playing high school. I'm playing, you know, professional, you're playing checkers. I'm playing chess. And, and the thing is, again, you can't get mad because it's everybody's own little thing they're doing. So it's like, you do your thing, but we're not compatible. So, you know, when you come knocking on my door in a year and I'm, and I'm a couple levels up, I, as long as you don't get mad or pissy that I'm like, okay, well, you have to talk to my manager or you have to go through the, you have to go through this studio or whatever. Um, as long as you don't get pissy and get, you know, all kinds of, you know, like it's Celtics. I've had that happen. It's like, well, now, now we're really fucking done, and you can you can take your ass down the road and don't ever talk to me again. So, yeah, so now, now we don't got the porn talk out of the way and the and, and, and the pleasantries. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling here on the Premium Smoke Room, people. I already have the intro, so I ain't like going loud today. And uh, we're here with I'm your co-host, Carol Silver Champ, and I'm here with our wonderful host. Billy Pilgrim here to give you that wonderful wrestling punditry, Daddy. So, and I think uh, we need to get uh, into that. So before we go grab, uh, uh, go ahead. No, sorry, the stupid thing is giving me an issue. Hold on one second, uh, of go course. Ahead. And 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 the best part is like, uh, if anybody's thinking about starting a podcast, let, let me tell you right now. Um, no matter how much you like, you could set up an hour before. You could have everything queued up. And that's when the fucking thing or or something's going to pop up, then yeah. you know, it becomes a thing. And OK, there we go. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, continue. Yeah. So uh, now that's the life of a podcaster. It's, it's always challenges. So but back to what we were saying, um, we're here to give you that wrestling punditry with me and Billy with some comedy and some laughter. And before we before we go to the bar and go grab Mr. Gordon solely. You know, period. I was just sitting here thinking. Only Anderson, to me, had to be the example of the quintessential heel, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he was. Yeah, and, he was. And, because and he was the exception to the rule. Because usually, a great heel is a super nice guy in real life, and a, and a, he mm-hmm. was just a miserable prick, apparently, in real life, as well as in the ring. That's why he was so natural for it, but. <laughs> But it's he was a quintessential tough heel, and of course you got two d- different type here. You got the the tough heel that he don't really need no backup. He's just an asshole. Yeah. And then you have the slimy heel like that of the Telly Blanchard and the MJFs. And to me, it's like because everyone talk about him and Dusty Rhodes, but people don't realize how much of a heel he was that even when he was a face, people really didn't want to cheer this fucker. No, <laughs> they had uh, to really work to get him over as a face. Well, you know, that brilliant, that brilliant, uh, that program he did where he basically became a baby face for 18 months. Uh, and, you know, just, and then, you know, turned on Dusty in, in the Omni in the cage with the assassins and then did that, and I'm going to put it up on the, I put it up on the 
Twitter before, but I'll do it again after the show. But then they basically George Championship Wrestling they they just did a whole episode where he Tully where uh, or, or Oli came out and just unveiled this huge master plan and just unraveled after the last like almost two years. It was just this master plot to get Dusty Rhodes, you know, uh, and and get to jump on him and everything. And they had like three months of sellouts after that. And that was the beauty. And that's again, like, that's what we were always talking about, that they can do that very much now in this day and age is that they just have to be patient and put in the effort and just, you know, kind of the ones, the, the, the fans that are too short attention span, like basically make them sit and wait. And I think that would, you know, cause again, it was, they had a long ongoing history. They refer to, uh, 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 they use a clip of an old, I think it might've been from Florida where Dusty talked about it would never be over. And then Tully is like, yeah, or Oli was like, that's stuck in my brain. And then he, whatever. And then from that one little promo, they, you know, Oli developed this whole multi-year thing and it was brilliant. You know, and yeah. it took so long because like you said, Oli was such a prick that he talked about it. He talked about how he had to go through all the things and be patient and so on. I could be with, be nice with, with, Tommy Wildfire Rich and Stan Hansen <laughs> made me sick. Hansen made me want to puke. Lars couldn't even talk to me. For My brother Gene had to go. He couldn't watch this. He had to leave. That's why he's been gone so long. And, you know, because he couldn't watch me do all these things. And, you know, and again, like back then, and I honestly believe this, uh, you know. Was that the only time he was a fucking face in his career? I think so. Well, no, in the 90s, he was like when they, when they, the horseman made that comeback. Oh, in man. 89, it, it, 90, it, it, but that it, was a very short-lived. And, and again, no, here's I the other thing. Thing face like, we really wanted you. Even then, it was like a yay only. <laughs> that would feel like, like a, it's a yay only. Yay only. We want to cheer for you. Well, you know, only, and here's the thing. Only... Well, Oli also never changed what he was or who he was. Like, Oli was just yeah. always Oli. And, uh, you know, and he drew money. Like, this is a guy I actually, you know, now that I'm kind of getting, you know, I have his book um, and I read part of it. We might have to do next week an ode to the old school on Oli. Yeah. Because Oli, Oli, for the majority of his career, being part of the famous Anderson tag team, basically just worked the Carolinas the Jim Crockett promotions and he did Georgia championship wrestling. And sometimes he did like, he'd be booking Georgia while wrestling in Carolinas or he'd be wrestling in both and like booking one, etc. And he never had to go anywhere. You know, back then there were several wrestlers that, you know, especially when the eighties, you know, came into that, Oh, every, every company has got to be big national. And then they would always ask, well, how come he didn't go to the WWE or how come he didn't go here and there and everywhere? Like, we you know some guys, uh, like Dory and Terry just went everywhere because they can basically pick and choose and always and we're always in a top spot. Some guys were journeymen. Mm-hmm. Some guys just that was the way of the territory wrestler, which we're going to talk about later in the show. Yeah. But which with, with certain people like Jerry Lawler, with like uh, 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 Briscoe when he wasn't the world champion, Jack Briscoe, uh, Ole Anderson, they didn't have to. Uh, go anywhere else. They were like figured in and they were a draw and they just had that magic. Healer babyface. They just had that magic that they could be in front of this crowd from 
for 20 years in the same territory and the and they just never got tired of him bill dundee yeah. you know uh jerry lawler ole anderson um pat patterson for the majority of his career with san francisco he only wrestled a few years in in a wwf and then you know went into an office position so some guys just had that special knack they were homestead they were figured in they didn't have to go anywhere and i'm not gonna lie to you like you know if i was a wrestler in the 70s and 80s and you and i had the ability just to stay in georgia and the carolinas i mean those are short trips it was always a good money territory and you're yeah. making like you know six figures a year in the 70s and 80s i well, like why go to memphis why go to oregon why go you know why go to montreal or even over to you know like you know like i said new york and everything so a lot of guys you know like certain people like andre ernie lad they were attractions and it you know they would travel they would have a home territory but they would mostly like their money mm-hmm. was showing up being around for a week and making them a shit ton of money and then leaving mm-hmm. and then some guys uh, like I said, like your Dundees or your uh, Jack Briscoe with Florida, they would just be in Florida and 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 um, or the Von Erics in Texas. It's just they yeah. went there and they made their money and you know they did their thing. So basically, we just gave you a preview of what we're going to talk about um, in the territory. So with that being said, we need to go to that time of the show. That sultry time of the show. We're talking about that velvet voice of yesteryear. We're talking about Gordon Soli, Daddy, and the Gordon Soli poetry. Welcome, friends, and thank you, Kavanaugh. It's funny you say velvet voice, because I used to actually was at a brief singing career. They called me the Velour Fog. Uh but also, but you know, wrestling and poetry were my passions. And I would like to share something between you and me. A little poem called They and Me. They sense a greatness I do not own. They speak in tones sincere about destination. They see a body steeped in ego. They see a mind no longer fertile. They see not the main, the man afraid they see not the man who never will the greatness is gone the defeat is there only thing left is the glib tongue pouring out platitudes and catchy little phrases the we- that weave him weave him tighter and tighter in his own web of self-destruction he wallows in oozy slime of self-pity and enjoys it and that is my little message to everybody to not rest on your loyals and not fall into that cult of personality that so many do, but to be the man that brought you to the dance, be the man that people love and always be truthful to yourself and honest with yourself. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, how could you be honest with anybody else? Kavanaugh. And once again, thank you. Thank you for that wonderful, 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 and I do remain wonderful poem, Mr. Soli. Uh, you're welcome. So don't forget to save me a shot. It should be save me a shot. All right. 
So, yes, people, welcome to the pro wrestling smoke side of the show, ladies and gentlemen. And um, what we do here is we don't sit here and review matches and all that stuff because we let the other people do that. What we do, we talk about the high points and stuff, talk about different wrestling promotions, a little bit of AEW, WWE talk mixed in and basically with the news of the week. So, first things first. Um, where should we go? Well, why not go to uh, let's go AW real quick. And we were dead fucking wrong. They kept the belts on them fuckers. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. I was. I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was super pissed about that because I gotta be honest. I'm. I'm. I don't know. I guess they're gonna put them on FTR with Adam Cole. I mean, Adam Page, I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that with Adam Cole, it's like, it's like, okay, I, it, I don't know. The Red Dragon and, uh, and the Fox and Omega, I don't know when Omega is coming back, but I got to be honest with you, you better hurry the fuck up and get on yeah. camera because the way they're booking Red Dragon and Adam Cole, uh, they're, no one's going to give a shit by the time they get around to it because they've beaten Adam Cole into fucking powder and the Red Dragon. I've never seen such a lethal tag team uh, be so ineffectual uh, in all my living days. Like, I don't know what the fuck. I, look, wins do count, or very minimum. How mm. The reason why the Horsemen, in their prime, they lost every match. But mm. it didn't matter, because then they would go on TV. Same thing with the Midnight Express. They, they would go on TV and, and just talk their way out of the loss. Or when they lost... They would jump the baby faces or they would attack the baby faces while they're having a squash match. They always stayed strong through other means. And it's like when you bring in, you know, like an elite top talent, they really do need to win for a while. And if they lose, they need to lose in a certain way. And then they need to kind of like, you know, reestablish and get their heat back. And it's a formula that works for a reason. And it's and it's and I don't think Tony Khan understands that because now it's like, all right, well, fuck Adam Cole now. And I don't really give a shit yeah, about because, because you 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 how can I put this? I'm not gonna say Adam Cole is damaged goods oh, for damaged. a title run later. Um, because they can build him back up depending upon how they want to do because Cole can survive that. But like with Red Dragon, how can I see them as tag chance when you just had them lose the Jurassic Express, which I would have never had them in a few with Jurassic Express. Period. It, it, there's plenty of tag teams you could have put in that spot to face them that you could have fed to them, not necessarily Red Dragon. Now, I get why you did it because you did it to probably legitimize Red Dragon, I mean, to legitimize Jurassic Express. You know, period. But this, uh, but Red Dragon, no, no. Well, here's the thing. You don't need to legitimize something that's already legitimate. That's like, that's like saying, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot with Sarah J. Uh, today and then this is gonna like you know up her like no no it's not gonna up anything other than like her bank account when the you know whatever because she either I'm paying her for the scene or we're getting paid for the scene there is no once somebody's in like that's the thing like these guys came in and they got to be Red Dragon and you know you could have uh, you know you could have I don't know like I I think still they're gonna put the belt on FTR. And then I think the FTR will probably drop them to somebody when they eventually go to Ring of Honor, which is where I still think they should go. Mm. But 
I just I like this tag division, man. I don't fucking. I just it's. I don't get. I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's it's. I've never seen a more stacked division with weaker shit going on, and and more people that don't mean shit, and the most ineffectual tag team champions. And again, this guy, uh, I you know, look, I. I've had back issues in my life and maybe mm-hmm. he has got a big back, but the guy is slow as fuck and he insists on doing these kicks and everything and doing this luchador shit. And by the time he finishes whatever combination of moves he's doing, like literally I can go to the thing, get a drink, you know, uh, take, get a sandwich, come back, finish it, you know, put it aside. Like, okay, now I'm going to catch you. It's, you know, the guy is not, it's just, it's a, I don't know. I just the tag team. It's not impressive to me. Same thing with the the WWE. You know, people might give me shit for trashing the WWE, but I will say the one uh, or call me an AEW mark. But I will say this: uh, they got like what five titles? Three of them don't mean a flying fuck. One is slowly being diminished, and you know we have yet to see what Thunder Rosa is going to do. The TV title, I'm starting not to care about it. Because I'm sick of looking at the two belts and this guy, uh, what's his name, the uh, MMA guy. I'm tired of, like, he's not a good, he's not a good manager. I want to see more of uh, the other Adam. Um, uh, and then uh, again, the tag and the world title and the uh, TBS title. It's like, yeah, I honestly don't give a shit about them, and I yeah. and I'm tired of looking at and oh and but uh, apparently he must have been going to a, uh, like a formal event after the match because he wore his flare jeans tights uh, today, mm-hmm. you know, for that match against Adam Cole. Um, oh, and also I think it's hilarious the they did a two second spot where he put like. Barbed wire on the head of Adam yeah, Cole. Yeah, they didn't call it the the, the the barbed wire. Well, I think um, it was. I, I I didn't really it didn't really register me. I thought it was more with the intent of like I'm going to hurt you now by putting it on your head and dropping you on your head. But all the Christians lost their ever loving mind, and I. I mean, literally, I was like, "Come on, man!" It. Well, see, I. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I mean, I'm sorry. I just. Christians can 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 fucking take a ticket and go fucking sit down because I don't give. I mean, this is, I just love the fact that a group of people that literally they're every day of every year they are imposing their bullshit on and basically trying to do harm, take away rights, like you know, and, and showing. They were trying to say that Tony Khan because we all know that he's Islamic. No, yeah, no actually, I don't a, think a shot at the Christian faith, and I don't think that he he probably didn't think of it that way. And I'm pretty sure he won't the one that came up with the idea. Well, also, I don't, think, I, don't think was, I don't think there was any religious condemnation. I think it was. You know, somebody, he he tried to hit him with the arm, and Mister Tough Cowboy was like, "Ow, oh, that hurts!" So he put it on his head to drop him on his head. Uh, and I gotta be, I don't think but Christians are so precious with their fucking bullshit, and literally all they do is impose their will and try to and show out not disrespect for any other lifestyle or any other religion that's different from them. But mm-hmm. oh, it's Good Friday, how dare you do that? And it's like, uh, and any of, any of that was their intention. You guys have, you guys got no credit to work with. You guys are showing the red as far as pulling bullshit with every. Of everybody else on the planet, I don't want to fucking hear it. Because at every turn, 
the Christians are there to either make a, make a stick about something or try to pull uh, hold something back. This country would be, I want to say, at least 50 years of, ahead of where it is now if it wasn't for Christians in this country, medically, socially, sexually, you know, environmentally. Like, if, if honestly, if we, if the Christians just shut the fuck up for 10 years, I think the leaps and bounds as a society with science and everything, culture, everything, it'd be mm-hmm. ridiculous. Uh, yeah. it, it would be like 30 years of progress in 10 years. And if you're a Christian, if you're offended by this, I got to tell you, I don't give a shit. And if you're one of the good Christians that actually <laughs> follows the thing of uh, like, you know, because the whole point of it is supposed to be love and acceptance. Yeah. And you are one of those. Well, you know what? Fuck you, too, because I don't see you out there trying to push back on your fellow Christians and try to corral them. So, you know, you're like the cops that go, well, I'm a good cop. I'm like, I don't really see you. Then why aren't you out, you know, in front of uh, all this stuff and trying to you know, out there putting put your name out there trying to ch- make some real change. You're just kind of going with the flow and you're just, you're looking for like, well, I don't do that. I'm like, well then, because, you know, look, uh, guys, I'm a man and I'm a straight guy and I'm a 40 some year old white dude and I get out there and people give me shit on my porn Twitter for saying stuff and it's like, look, I'm a 45 year old white dude. I am not, these. I am not with these motherfuckers, okay? I am with the Black Lives Matters. I'm with the trans rights. I'm with all that shit. So I need to be loud and let everybody know and let people know, don't come near me with your shit because I am not on the I'm home not team. To I am not on the home team. I am, I'm a Terry Funk doing wild shit in Japan type deal. Like I am not, like I'm all about, like I'm all about everybody else getting their thing. And I have to be vocal to let everybody know where I stand because, you know, you guys are fucking up my day with your fucking backwards bullshit. And I think everybody, like, especially wrestling fans, need to really get a fucking hold on themselves. And, you know, like the, the famous Sandman thing, I love that the Philadelphia crowd, a crowd famous for being bloodthirsty and hardcore, mm. and people that literally booed and attacked Santa Claus are going to get offended because Sandman was on a cross. I, I honestly... I thought the it was unnecessary in the sense that it didn't add anything to a feud. To the storyline, yeah. The but feud. for them to get all bent out of shape, I'm like, aren't you guys Philadelphia? No, you remember no, you remember that time with what was his name? Tiger something Ali. Yeah. Remember he got fired for the storyline. It was what where, where, where they carried out the Undertaker. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't Tiger Ali. It was um it was Muhammad Assad or something like that. Muhammad, yeah, something like that. Muhammad, it, it, I forgot what his name was. But yeah, and we ain't seen him in wrestling since. And I liked him. And I liked his character. Yeah, he got the bum rush. And ironically, they again, talk about getting lazy. They uh, The original uh, thing about the guy was he was an American, uh, Islamic, you know, Muslim or whatever, uh, uh, Arab-born citizen. Like, he was, like, one of us. Yeah. And he was mad because it's like, you motherfucker, I'm one of you guys and you motherfuckers are like, treat me like I'm an asshole. And it was, it was something really original and it was something they could have mm-hmm. built on. And then they got lazy yeah. and then they had to tear him into it like a terrorist. And, 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 and then and, you already had, you already had him. <laughs> okay. The, his storyline is Middle Eastern dude, right? Yeah. Last I checked, that's how they do shit like that. When they defeat their enemy, like that, their, their, their crew takes them off type shit and it, it, like I said, we it, it's certain things that I think people look too deep into because they just want to look into it and bitch and moan. 
and like I said, with the thorn cross or the barbed wire crown or what have you, I'm sorry. Like I said, to me, that was just part of a match. They should have got the fuck over. They need to get the fuck over, and who cares? Well, to give you an example, because you know the problem is now everybody gets offended, and now we've created the culture where, well, if you're upset or offended by something, now you can jump up and down and make a big stink, and then it has validation. Like, you know, the thing, you know, like, the one-liner joke that Chris Rock did, like, well, he was defending, just like it was a one-liner joke. Joke. Not, you know, it was not, there was, that had nothing to do with, he was not attacking it. There's a huge difference between telling a joke about something and then punching down. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a very hard person to offend. Uh, one of the ways to offend me is uh, treating me like I'm not a male talent. Like, I worked hard to be able to say that, maybe not so much a porn star, but I'm a male talent. I'm legitimate. I, I, I have credits. I have, you know, whatever. If you're going to talk to me, just because I'm not your type of male talent, you're going to treat me like I'm some bozo, you know, working out of his basement, that we're, then the conversation's done. And I won't forget that. And, you know, that's, you know, we're, we're done. Uh, another thing that kind of offends me, but I shut the fuck up about it, is you can't do anything anymore without somebody getting bent out of shape and everything is precious and above reproach. And even a, even the, like a subculture within a subculture within a subculture. So whatever. I'm of Irish descent, okay? And I'm like second generation off the boat, which means I'm about as close to, you know, I like real like, you know, my grandfather came off the boat and everything and, and he would tell stories of what it was like to be Irish before we were considered white because up until like the 50s, the Irish were not considered white people, okay? Until they changed the census in the 50s. And they were spit on and they were looked down on because of the religion and because just being Irish, we were the blacks of Europe. And, you know, there's and also the Irish culture is a rebel culture. It's a culture of fighting against oppression and it's this, it's a rich culture and I'm very proud to be of Irish descent and everything else. And then every but everything else is sacred. Then every 17th of March, all of a sudden you take this, 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 this culture and everything else. And it turns it, you turn it into some bastardized version of Mardi Gras and everybody's Irish and they're wearing green and da 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 da. And it's all about the drinking and so on and so forth. Yada, yada, yada. But then the next day you make, you do one joke about something or you wear one, article of clothing to premiere and then it's the greatest outrage ever meanwhile everybody yesterday was dressed up like a green fairy and you know and, and you know oh that's what all all the irish do is all they do is is drink and punch each other which is genuinely part of the culture but you know it's it's not the only thing and if it kind of offends me because one how the fuck did we draw the straw that we're the ones that you know oh it's a mulligan on the on the entire irish culture but also everyone else is so on the on the oh like you got to be sensitive and respectful of everybody that this one day you can just you know have a fucking laugh. But at the same time, it's like you know what? Uh, look, let them have it. It's not you know I don't get. I find it a little offensive, especially like I had somebody uh, not not the last couple of years because uh, the Republicans ruined the world with the COVID. But I was at a bar in uh, nineteen and uh, I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. I went to go see a friend and this dumb bitch came up and pitched me and I looked at her and I gave her and I was like what the fuck are you doing and she's like well you're not wearing green I'm like motherfucker I am so Irish I can't tan okay like the sun genuinely makes me sick like I am so Irish that like I literally never forget a grudge or a debt so you need like I just kind of looked at her, I'm like motherfucker I'm the real deal I, I like the only way I could be any realer is if I was born there 
Uh, so you need to fucking take you. Don't get the fuck away from me. I basically I forget exactly what I said to her, but I basically told her off and told her to get the fuck away. I don't ever pitch a real Irishman or a real Irish person on that bullshit. That's like, you know, that's that's whatever. But not everything that offends you needs to become a federal case. You know, it's it's a it's yeah, that's basically the whole point of the tirade. It's not everything about you is sacred that it can be above reproach. You know, it's like, I think people have gotten so into now, if I make enough of a stink, it becomes about me and then they'll have to change it. And, you know, fostering that culture, uh, it just, you know, like, again, like little things like this, like a, like not even a 30 second spot turned into a whole ordeal. Oh, it's good Friday. And I'm like, yeah. And for a lot of people, it's not. And it wasn't a religious thing. Have you would have put them on a cross if he would have made him take the pose, if he would have like you know held him up to like you know and actually held his face up to the camera and you could see the blood coming down, he hit him with it. He was on his arm and he realized, oh that that hurts. I'm not doing that. So he put it on his head to drop him on his head, which is what you know. Again, if you want to cause somebody great harm, you, that's you what you put, do. Put it on his head. Yeah, it was stupid. I mean, it, people being outraged was stupid anyway. So now the other thing that we know is AEW this week. Is that Sammy Guevara is now back the TNT champion? Uh, will Scorpio Sky have a? Uh, did he even defend the belt once? Other than I think he did. I think he did. Um, and um, Sammy regained the title, and I'm pretty sure in, in a very for what I've seen, what I saw, because I because I looked at the highlights, what have you, um, a very good match, or what have you. Um, what did you think of Sammy winning back the TNT title? Well, I mean, he's good for the belt. Um, I think Scorpio Sky, what well, he had an injury or something, right? That's why it probably so. Some tell me that he should have went over because I because I don't think they would have put the belt on him just to drop it the next show. Because I'm like, not gonna lie, uh, full disclosure, I kind of fast forward a couple of segments and I unfortunately missed that part. Because, uh, again, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy from American Top Team, I don't want to listen to him. Dan Lambert. Yeah, I don't want to listen to him. Like, Dan Lambert, I'm sh- like Dan Lambert, I'm sure, can kill me with his pinky and, and everything. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure he has a love for the business. But just him wearing the belt and, his, like, again, the two belt thing, uh, enough with that. And then uh, I just don't want to hear him do a promo. I don't care about the little thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, I want to see more of what, I, like, I don't really see a whole lot going on with Adam. And I want to see, like, they could be a great tag team. And, you know, um, but, yeah, they need to get, like, if they're going to have a mouthpiece, they need to get a new one. Um, the pseudo MMA stable they think they're doing, it's not coming off. And I kind of fast forward a lot of, because I just don't want to listen to him. Like, even when he was telling off, the last thing, even when he was telling off uh, uh, Brandy, I was like, I get I mean, yeah, I think what the promo you're given told by somebody else would be better. I just don't, I'm just getting tired of the dude. And that's the thing with AEW that I don't like is that they'll give us stuff that we like and then they will give it to us in like a little boosh moosh. They'll give it to us like a little, like when your mom is making like some kind of gravy or something and she'll give you like a little spoonful and then your mom makes some like bland ass, shitty ass cream of weed and then gives you like the biggest bowl you've ever seen. And that would be like Dan Lambert. That would be the fucking George Bullis gang. That would be their current roster champions. 
And, you know, and it's like, we don't, it's like enough of this. And they just, I don't know, like they get it in their head. They're like, we're going to die on this hill. And it's like, well, then could you hurry up and die so we can get to something else? Because some of the shit you do is just, you know, it's, it's WWE unwatchable. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I mean, it's good for Sammy because Sammy goes out there and he puts it all on the line. I think Sammy is. Uh, I heard that they were they were had to muffle the booze. I have a feeling that Sammy's going to go heel, so they're going to have to find somebody new for him to feud with. Um, and I like it better as a heel anyway, but because his work rate stays the same. But um, I mean, that's the thing, like because the, the, the uh, TNT title. And the women's title, the only titles that actually fucking really have any kind of excitement behind them or mean anything, you know, it's, it's, it's. Which is interesting that you said that. The other segue is Glenda Rosa had her first title defense, defeating, um, oh, God damn it. I just had her damn name. And, and her sex ass, Nala Rose. And, um, I, I, I could say it was a pretty good match. For what for what I saw, um, I still do not understand why the finish maneuver, the knee off the top rope with the girl draping around the ring, is not a finishing maneuver. Because I would think that would be an ending point match if that's pulled off right. <laughs> but what do I know about wrestling? Hey, I'm well, just looking. I'm just a fan. I mean, they just again this thing. They Tony really needs to learn the finer points of booking and. Um, and and rebuilding a talent because again they did deny the for first of all Vicky Guerrero does nothing like I like I I like Vicky and I get the connection to the Guerrero family and all that but she doesn't do anything for her as a manager like all the managers in in, in AW are so ineffectual that uh, while I appreciate you trying to bring back managers you're you're not really hitting the nail on the head uh, at all you're not even getting near the board uh, also. I like Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, I would have constantly... Again, uh, the women's division is not... It's more of a couple of individual stars. It's, it's it's not the killer division that it should be. What, to me, what makes a killer division, tag team, women, whatever, is you have top talent having competitive matches. There's, like, ongoing issues with, you know, they're trying to settle a score. And one of the benefits of settling the score is you get one step closer to that title. And Nala Rose, it's like she's very attractive, very talented, a very yeah. good wrestler. Could be your monster division, and it's like I'm sorry, I don't give a shit. You can't, and I don't give a fuck who you are. You can't take somebody like uh, Ruby Soho off TV, then bring her back out of the blue, and then all of a sudden now she's a contender for the world title. It's like you got so her. so 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 she next in line to get a shot. It's it's a my thing is you need to. You need to, uh, you know, like either push the YouTube shows more because, again, they don't even pop up on like the amount of shit that pops up on my YouTube thing because I watch a lot of wrestling. It never pops up. And I always forget to try to, like, follow it or whatever because it never. That's how bad YouTube shoves shit. I watch one thing with otters. Otters are one of my favorite animals. Next thing you know, it's otters galore. I watch, uh, I'm uh, big into history. I watch one thing on history and it gives me, it pushes shit towards, you know, on my thing that it's like, well, you watch one thing on the Roman Empire, here's like an entire page. So the AEW YouTube shows never come up and you need to, 
I would think make them like a like do like a studio type deal for those shows. And if you're going to give somebody a bunch of wins on those shows, you need to do a better job of getting like yeah, you know, getting it out there and making it, you know, like, okay, then these are the other shows. Because uh, again, like you got a two hour show, there's you need to again take certain people off TV that aren't doing anything, like George Gould's gang, like um, you know, certain talents that you're giving TV time to that aren't really doing anything, and then you need to put the talents, the names you have, and again, you need to have some rivalries. You know, it I understand that in Japan, just coming out and having you know. Uh, competitive matches is like a thing, but in the U.S., you got to give me a little story to get me involved. Because uh, after a while, it's like, you know, then you start thinking, well, it's a competitive match. I could just, you know, go back, or I could just miss this one because there'll be another competitive, you know, high intensity match. You know, and a lot of times matches look the same because everybody's doing the same thing. And with the whole thing of I could pick and choose and fast forward and DVR and this and the other thing, you got to make me, you know, when, when, when MJF speaks or he's on TV, everything stops. There's a reason for that. Same thing with Punk and Danielson and, and Regal and, and uh, Declaimed, Declaimed. I, even though they, uh, they don't win shit, when they're on TV, I will, uh, you know, I will stop just because for the rap or whatever and in hopes that maybe – you know, that uh, they'll win fucking something, uh, a match, a teddy bear at the county fair, something. But, you know, I think Tony Khan really needs to learn the minutia. I, of... think, I think he put more, if I put it this way, he gives them the wins on the dark shit, but will not give them the big wins because it's kind of like he used the dark shit to build up their resume so when they come on the big stage yeah, this is the reason why they get the title shot but, but what you're not understanding is if we don't see it. But that's the thing, you're you not know, even like no. I said, they don't even, hold on a second I'm actually, because I have it, I was watching Florida Championship Wrestling in the background, but um, let me see, I'm going to actually look up, because they don't they don't uh they don't promote the show. They don't talk about the show. So, no. like, and here's the thing. They could make you and I. They could, like, okay. They talks about it. Okay, so here we go. Um, AW channel, just on the off-cuff. I'm, yeah, see, I'm seeing, like, a bunch of hodgepodge videos. I'm seeing nothing yeah. of, like, okay, now, like, what, the seventh or eighth video in. It's uh, episode 58 of uh, AEW Dark. And it's yeah. like, why is it it's not the first thing? Why is it not the, you know, whatever? Yeah. And again, you can, they, can, they can, Tony Khan could call you and I up and say, hey, I like your show. I want to make you my commentary team on AEW Dark. This is what I'm going to pay you. We'll fly you out there once a week. You do your I thing. Do. Now, here's the deal. We could then become a great commentary team for pro wrestling and we could be killing it and, you know, and, and really, you know, be, be uh, something new and exciting and interesting as far as commentary, but who's going to fuck going to know? Because you don't talk about the goddamn show. Basically. I don't know who commentates these, these shows or whatever. I mean, it's, I don't know anything about these shows. And you I, to- I, I, I started watching them. Then I don't watch them no more because they didn't make them seem important. And it's like, why do I want to watch the dark matches? I rather just watch the main event shit. Well, not just that, but you know, you know they be having some good matches on dark. Don't get it twisted. Like their main events are pretty good. 
and, and, and the thing is, they're trying to, you know, they're, they're giving Dan, again, Dan Housen, they haven't done fuck all with him. They're, they're trying to do something with Dan Housen. Um, I mean, he's still uh, hurt, though. There, there's, there's some kind of thing. Uh, looks like something involved, like, hey, something or other, uh, where they're trying, to do, they're trying to do, and again, this is a young company. They should be doing, especially with their budget, they should be doing a lot of interesting stuff with the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. besides just highlight reels and two, but they don't promote their eight, you know, they're all about their, uh, mm-hmm. they're all about their, uh, their two shows on national, and one of them is an hour, and even then, that, that one, Rampage, is clearly the B show, like, you know, they're not really, yeah, you know, I mean, not, yeah, I mean, look at the time slot they put it in. Well, I mean, but here's the thing, though, I remember NWA Power Hour being on at 10 o'clock at night, uh, in the, in the early but, 90s, but like, and I power. watched, that show had, like, a good, if you, NWA Power, you gotta think, it's it, it them times is different because back then, Pete, how can I put this? People didn't go out. We didn't have the internet. You know what it is. I don't need to even go through the whole conversation. So it's kind of like there's more distractions on a Friday than anything else. Well, my it's thing just, is, if you're gonna have that second show, if they put me in charge of the show, I'd be like, all right. Uh, I would get the entire roster together, and I'd be like, look, this this show is on. Uh, well, I, I watch it on DVR, so I don't know mm-hmm. what is it like ten o'clock on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're it's ten o'clock on a Friday, uh, and the pandemic is slowly knock on wood coming to an end. So people are definitely going to be out Friday night. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to basically focus on just on just let's just go. Hey, you know what? With the exception of kids that can't go out and party, uh, the show is going to be watched on YouTube live, or it's going to be DVR or whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. but we're going to make it a point that people want to DVR and they're going to watch it the next morning when they're waking up with a hangover or whatever. And essentially, keep the interviews to a minimum. And if they are, they have to evolve the furthering of some kind of issue. Uh, two or three matches, and these matches need to be, you know, barn burners. And again, uh, I'd be like, look, we're going to push an issue. Like, Tony could do what he wants on his show. You know, like the acclaimed versus... I don't know. Some again, like they've got so many tag teams they don't do anything with. I can't even name, you know. Like, yeah, I, and see, they're the show where I be highlighting. You know oh, what I'm saying? Like, be, okay, but better yet, the, uh, the the you know the the ass boys. I would uh, you know kind of put them in with uh, mm-hmm. another tag team. I would you know like again like what Wheeler Yuta and now, Moxley now, did. Now, now, now to quick segue because you're saying that also we had. Last Saturday, the Ring of Honor title match with uh, John Grissom and uh, and Dalton Castle, of course. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> see that because it was live on TV, and like I don't know, something about the replay on YouTube Live is like I, I I forgot it was airing. I don't know if I was be able to watch it live. I don't think I was able to, but like eventually, but by the time that it comes around, it'll be too late. But uh, who won? I'm obviously. Uh, Grisham won that match, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But see, the real thing is the 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 introduction, which was not that night, actually was on Dynamite, but then, of course, he reappeared, um, was, I got to get his name right. Hold on. Let me get the fucker's name right before we do anything. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Shamar, what's, damn, what's his name? Santan, Santan. Oh, yeah, the tall... Satnam Satnam Singh. 
Um, John Gonzalez too. Yeah, pretty much. And um, of course, the AEW got a lot of flack for his introduction to, to, to the AEW, I guess, faithful or wherever to the show. And um, apparently they're, they're setting up everything for when Ring of Honor. I know there's supposed to be some type of big announcement, which I already, which we'll get to that in a second, or what I think it might be. But um, one, this is my opinion how they introduced that big fucker. All right, they didn't. They didn't have to do the, the lights off. They they could have just had his big ass come out of the crowd, step over, kind of like what. Okay, I'm gonna give you the thought. This is how they should have did it. See, this is why. I wish I was working for AEW. Because I'd be like, if Tony Khan came to Bob and said, Bob, I think we should introduce him because he's going to be with Nick Click. I, I got you. And I'll go straight to WCW when we met the Giant. Came from out of the crowd. It's like he came from out of nowhere. This big ass fucking dude. No words. All you heard was, I don't know who, who who was on the commentary. Who is this big giant? He comes in. No words. And he just choke slammed the fuck out of Hogan. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, that cutting the light out all the fucking time is it's just getting goddamn just overused, man. Yeah, that is a trope that needs to go away. Brian Last talks about it all the time. It's like, are they like, you know, who the fuck is the... Uh... The guy running the power grid at the building. And why is he so easy to bribe? <laughs> it's just because to me, as big as he was, right? As big as he is, you could have had him came through the crowd. You could have had him come through from the front. You feel me? Because you're making him be a, a, a giant. So, which means that he's Joe is going to have to bump for him or he's going to have to dominate Joe. Because that's what you basically going to have happen. You know, period. Because Joe. The next time he comes out with a lead pipe, you know, period. You're doing this after a great physical New Japan dream match, Suzuki versus Joe match. So it's kind of like, he's already whooped. So, I mean, <laughs> what you feel me? Mm-hmm. You already he already whooped. He just had a match with Suzuki. So for the TV title. So it's kind of like, okay, we don't need to do the light, the cut, the, the, the light cut off. Just had the fucker just come out there. Have Joe see him. And Joe tried to fight him and Joe he just shrugged Joe off like it ain't nothing. It's like, it seemed like even with WWE AEW, they don't know how to make a giant menacing. That art has been lost. Yeah, because it's it's you know um, people uh, it's, again it's that thing of and it's a very American thing of like well he's tall therefore he has to be really awesome or good at everything he's really big I'm like okay you know because now like I said I as I slowly grew to notice Grisham more and more and more uh, you know uh, I don't. Uh, I didn't realize his height. I didn't realize he's only, I, I'm he's taller short. than John Grisham. I'm five seven. He's five. He's worse than him. 
But but here's the thing. I it never dawned on me because because he because he, he knows how to carry himself and um, but see but see but see I'm gonna tell you the reason why we never know is his height. He's not a flippy dippy. He's a grappler. So it's kind of like him being a grappler. We're not going to notice because he's not doing anything to make us notice he's shortly that short. Unless we just so happen to, like even when like when he's like even when he comes in the ring or what have you, it's like you don't realize Jay Lever is way taller than him. <laughs> it don't dawn on you until like maybe at a talk segment or something. Well, my thing is, I, you know, it's there is a certain style to working as a big man, um, and you know a lot of and again, just a, a lot of times when you're that tall, you you can tell like by the way the legs move and everything. They don't have a lot of mobility. They don't have a lot of uh, like their ankle. They can just tell by the round the, from the knee to the ankle. Like, you know, they they don't have a lot of coordination. They don't, you know, so they really need to know how to work. And people keep bringing up, oh, well, he's so short. I'm like, dude, height's got fuck all to do with it, you know. And people just like, you know, it's this weird obsession with, and I'm sorry, look, I'm short. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm short. And uh, there's nothing I can do about that, so I don't give a shit. Um, I've been told when I'm in a really good mood or I have, in a, I'm a little nervous, I will sometimes talk too much. I can work on that. And I can I can fix that. Uh, the fact that I'm short, I mean, if you want, I'll bring an apple box to set. But that's about as much as I can do. Uh, people obsessed with height, to me, man or woman, if height is that big of a thing for you, I have to question your intelligence. And uh, again, it's that thing of like some people might be insulted by that, but I don't care because if, when you got somebody like Grisham that goes out there. And just, you know, can and is and is just through work and skill and drive and talent, you know, raising the bar I and mean, getting Ivan the spotlight. People forgot about Ivan Putsky that, that before his hammer. That motherfucker was short as shit. And this guy can actually work on like Ivan. The uh, you yeah. know the and the thing is now the same thing, you know, like when guys go, This girl won't date me because I'm short, I'm like, Well, if that's the main disqualifier, if that's literally the thing that disqualifies you out the gate, regardless of everything else. She is not a woman worth dating. And, you know, if, if somebody is like a football player, a basketball player, a wrestler, uh, uh, whatever, you know, uh, all the le- great, great leading men, De Niro, Pacino, uh, Cruz, all mm-hmm. short guys, uh, you know, and the thing is, if they go, well, you know, he's short. It's like, I, again, I got to like, you're not that smart. I think when we switch to like, you know, geopolitical uh, events or talk about like kind of, you know, character development in 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 uh, in great literature. I think maybe we'll ask you to go get some sodas or something because uh, we don't. You, you might just kind of get a blank stare on your face. Like, you know, height really doesn't mean anything. I guess one sport would be a, a basketball player, but even then, you know, Steve Nash. You know, uh, fucking uh, Spud Webb. You know, I don't know what to. I don't know what to tell you. Like, if it's that big of a deal for you. And here's the funny thing, John Grissom. But see, but five- see, but see, but see, but but even beyond with John Grissom being short, because like I said, I mean, when it comes to fuck the short dudes, you know, say no disrespect to you short dudes, but let's. The point I'm saying is this: when I think about Omos, I think about this big dude, 
You feel what I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. We compare them. I compare them to the Andre the Giants. I compare them to the John Studs. I compare them to the big show. You feel me? Um, it, it Yeah, the, the Giant Gonzalez. Anyway, be it is, is that to me, it's like, if you're a giant, there's certain movesets that I shouldn't see from you. I don't give a fuck how athletic we pose to be in this day and age. I do not care because, yes. especially if you're 7'3", ain't no fucking way that you're going to be able to pull off a fucking hair Karana like that. You're too fucking tall to do it. <laughs> well, not just that, but again, there, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different, um, like, okay, a smaller guy can work like a big man, aka, uh, 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 uh Pete Dunn, you know, where he doesn't do all the flippy stuff and he's more of a ground pound and get everything. So a smaller yeah. guy can work a bigger man style because yeah. that works. Whereas you, you're right, the Giants. You know, um, like Andre did some high flying shit in his heyday, but he always did it on the house show. Like you never saw Andre do any of his high flying shit. On- no, it's very rare you ever see that motherfucker come off his feet. Yeah, and That's I can say thing. that. I, I, I can say the same thing with Bruiser Brody. And, and Bruiser Brody too. With somebody, especially when they're going to be that ridiculously tall, because apparently the new trend is big, gigantic dudes from India or Pakistan. Um, uh, yeah, they don't. If they don't speak English, if they don't speak English, then you now need to get them a talking piece. And again, then they now even now more than than ever, they need to know how to work, and they need to have some coordination and ability. And a lot of times they don't because basically the one day they're walking around tall and huge in India or Pakistan, and then the next day they're in Wisconsin, in Green Bay, you know, coming to the ring to do a run-in, and you're asking too much of these guys, because again, just because you're tall, it doesn't mean I want to, I'm not going to buy a ticket. Oh, you're tall. Like, look at a, he's a better actor than he was. Um, Jones, I believe his name was. He was an Australian guy. The guy was so bad that they had to, uh, one of the Undertaker's wins on his streak, he had to come out and wrestle Albert and um, mm-hmm. and the Big Show by himself because the dude was so bad that it was like, we can't even have this fucking guy in a tag match. So they had him do like a run-in, and it was the most awkward run-in. And again, the guy was huge and, and built like a motherfucker. But again, no coordination. He, he, he was menacing as fuck. He... No, no ability, no, no coordination, no... You know, and, uh, you know, look, nothing against the guy, but yeah, you had no coordination, you have no anything, and it's like you have to have some kind of athletic ability, and yeah. again, you have to know the psychology, especially the yeah. psychology is yeah. more yeah. important for a big yeah. man, because you're, you're doing athletic. less. If you're not athletic, you at least gotta know the psychology, man. Well, that's the thing, though. If you're a big man, you have to know psychology more than anything, because your moveset is going to be Limited, like Kamala was a big guy, but mm-hmm. he he was the the, the they would chop your ass and splash. Yeah, That's and, it. Only, chop and splash. Everything everything he did, or everything, even even something as subtle as uh, subtle as tried to pin the guy when he's on his stomach. Well, he's supposed to be this like big African mindless savage, you know. Then you have to kind of like clue him in, like no, roll him over, roll him over. You know, he didn't do. He just like I said, he did the chop. He do the 
the basic mm-hmm. body slam. You know, he was a brawler because that was the style. Um, uh, er, Big Cat Ernie Ladd, you know, could talk, and he's a, a you know a rare exception. And to be honest with you, I think if he hadn't done football for so long and maybe was a couple of inches shorter, like if you were able to bring him down to six five. Um, I, I think he probably would have been a bigger star because Ernie, just from presence and being able to talk and knowing, having amazing psychology, you know, uh, he he was just a superstar, good or bad. He knew how to work that gimmick and he didn't have to do a whole lot. Even Even when he was sold getting beaten, he sold it in a believable way of like, this is a big dude and it's taken like, two guys sneaking up on him and using chairs and using, there was a famous, I'll put it on the Twitter thing. It's a famous clip from Ohio, uh, Jim power and Ox Baker turning on uh, Ernie lad. And, and you used mm-hmm. to see Ox Baker giving him the hard punch, which it was. Yeah, right. Cause he's credited with killing two people in the ring. Not really, but he, you know, Ox was kind of, you know, Oh, he killed two people in the ring. And, uh, you know, he keeps giving him the heart punch. And eventually, and this is a guy who's 6'9", plays football, was a bad 70s, cool, smooth motherfucker, okay? Uh, and and this is a guy that was able to sell and look vulnerable enough that the people literally started throwing shit in the ring, tried to come in the ring. You see in the video, you'll see in the video, the cops trying to, like, keep people from coming in. And then you see, one of the things they tell you is never to run, when you're from an angry crowd, when you're a wrestler, but you see Jim Power just hauling ass, and then Ox Baker trying to run, but he's not as fast. And the last second of the clip, you see a fan running up behind Ox Baker, and he takes a chair and just brains him with it. And this is, and they're doing this because they were like, we have to save Ernie Lad. We have to save Ernie Lad, this six foot nine, three hundred something yeah. pound, big black motherfucker. Because he was able to make himself look so vulnerable getting a beating that he inspired the entire crowd of white people. They're like, well, fuck this. And let's get in the ring. That is psychology. That yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. And see, and, and that's what I'm saying. So so now we know that Mr. Tony Khan, because really, really won't much else to talk about with AEW or really even going to, other than this part of it, is that um, he probably be making some big announcement this coming dynamite. Um and uh the question everyone's it, it asks what it is, people speculating, of course, with some people saying it might be the streaming. Um plus everybody got their opinion on what's going on with this merger shit and, and all that good stuff. I know you didn't hear some of the Jim Cornette stuff. And um me, I think it's going to be an announcement because somebody said this and it was Brian Alvarez that made a mention about it. And I think he might have it right on the head. It's a super show between AEW and New Japan, which I'm all for. Um, because just recently they had a pay-per-view or premium live event is WWE likes to call it now. Um, which was in Chicago, which was headlined by John Moxley in a very bloody battle with Will Ospreay, which I fucking hate that I did not get to see because that's a match. I'm sorry. I know that shit was barn burner. Um, he challenged Tanahashi 
for a match, I think, coming forward. Um, QT Marshall was on that pay-per-view with the factory. Um, they, they went against the LA Dojo. So, To me, I think Tony is really trying to Tony, Eli put it this way, between India, because now he got India. Now he's trying to fuck with India. And also with now a foothold in Japan where you can actually now watch Dynamite and Rampage on the app, but only in Japan. I can't watch it in America. It means I have to get an IP address from Japan. I don't feel like going through all that shit to watch. <laughs> well, I mean, but, again, New Japan, I it's um, I don't know why they don't just make an American version of the app if they're trying to break into the U.S. market. But I mean, I don't know. Version. Um, it's just it. The AEW stuff only plays for people in Japan. Uh, you don't pay for people I, in America, which is bullshit. I. If they're going to do a super card, I hopefully they do it better than because I didn't. I bought it and I was really disappointed with the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan uh, MSG show. I kind of thought it fell very, very flat. And, uh, you know, they need to, depending on what matches they're going to do with inner promotion, but also like if they're going to crown. New champions, they got to make sure they're champions that people want to see. Like Matt Tavern won the world title, and I just remember. But see, but see, but, 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 but here's my question: Why? Okay, I would prefer them do a versus versus a versus, not necessarily okay. The AEW titles on the line, the New Japan title line, no. Um, because that's what they're going to want to see, unless. The only way I can see that the New Japan title be online is if Okada is still champ and Kenny is back. Now, I, I can see that match. Well, title, but. I would, I mean, again, it depends on which, how you want to do it. You know, you because can. If you really want to go there, you have storylines within that dynamic that they can run with right now. We can speak. Well, you could do one of two ways. You could do just like you could do some, you know, dream matches. Like I would kind of, if you're going to do the like, okay, just here's some here's a New Japan match, here's an AEW match, here's a Ring of Honor match, and then if you're going to do a couple of uh, dream matches, I would save them for like top of the card main events, and I would keep them because I'm so not a fan of multi-person matches, like. If you're gonna honestly, if I was gonna, see, if you really want to do a super card, you really want to sell it. I would do the rematch between yeah. the Briscoes and FTR. Um, I would maybe keep the world champions apart. Maybe give like okay, uh, yeah. a, top, a yeah. top contender from AEW goes for the IWGP title, loses. Somebody goes for the new the AEW title, maybe win. Because anybody, then now I'm officially now I've officially mm-hmm. reached. I mean, because the way that they do it, that could actually happen. Because they could. Yeah, I mean, now don't get it twisted. I prefer the verses, but that could actually happen because with, the fact of okay, yeah, you know, like, who's going to get the winning number? Because if you're going to do verses, that it means it's going to be like a tally of like you know who yeah. guys won. Because because know? even because the reason why I said the verses. Because with New Japan, they had done stuff with All Japan, where they recently did. They did something with Noah, um, where they had like certain matches. Because like I, you know, what I'm saying, like for example, 
already know one match is already probably probably will be booked if they if they get announced. CM Punk versus Kenta. That's that that's already booked. I put money on that. GTS versus GTS. Yeah, I mean, now, um, if you want to be dependent upon it, now if you really want to put the sauce on it, yeah, put the AEW title in the mix and and punk defending it because that beef has went back before fucking WWE. You feel what I'm coming from? Yeah, I mean, you know? I, at this point with Adam Page, I've officially crossed the line where it's like I don't give a fuck if they give it to Il Uno. Uh, I want the belt off of this fucking goofball, and they need to send. They need to either send his ass somewhere else, or they need to. Because double or nothing is next month, so probably that would be the moment where he lose the belt. Probably the same. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like, I'm just, this title reign is hodgepodge, and he dropped the ball, and at this guy's expense, and it's I'm fucking over it. You need to just beat him, get the fucking thing off him, make your world championship mean something again, and then you need to. This guy needs to just go back to trunks and mm-hmm. regular wrestling boots, and and get, just go back to being hangman. Because I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, win or lose the title, if he's gonna keep doing this stupid cowboy thing, which is the most. I mean, if I was an actual Texan or an actual cowboy, I'd be so insulted with this. I. I mean, I, I, it's at the point now where it's like I'm going to start turning the TV off when he's on my screen because it's like, I don't, it's just, it's just, it's fucking, and I'm starting to lose respect that he's like, you know, going with this so hard. It's, it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So fucking bad. Um, and I'm just over it. Same thing with the Jurassic Express. It's slowly getting there, there too, where it's like, mm-hmm. You know what? Well, I, I, mean, I mean, the next pay-per-view, that's all going to be rectified. Well, but because, here's the thing. I don't know. What, what is it? In May? Yeah. Okay, well, then May, they need I to fucking May. stop. They need to then start getting the ball rolling on who's going to be the next challengers, and you need to fucking... Uh, and also, here's the thing. Don't just go, well, Adam Cole's going to get another shot, and the Red Dragon's going to get another shot. Oh, no, shot. I doubt that. I think yeah, that's done. Gotta, if you're going to give them another right shot, you got to give me a reason. That's the other yeah. thing. Don't just say... Just because you have the pen or the pencil, don't just go, well, they're going to do it because we say so. It's like, well, if you're not going to apply any kind of logic, then I want Elvira to come in and win the world title. And then at some point, uh, and then win the big rematch, she loses it because somebody rips her top off. And, you know, and it's like the most interesting schoolboy roll up in, in history. Because who does not want to see Elvira nude? Uh, and and if you're gonna be this illogical and just whatever, then fuck it. And you know what? I think. I mean, I don't know. I think Elvira as a world champion would draw some money. You know. Uh, and uh, why the fuck not? You know. I mean, because here's the thing. Like Matt Tavern is a perfect example of this. They put the belt on him in this big ass show, and the crowd in the audience was visibly flat. And yeah, I was sitting there going, why? And then I wouldn't even think I like Taven, you know. But, but it wasn't his, it wasn't the right moment. And, you know, I would have kept it on. I always felt Taven should have not been the Ring of Honor champion. He's he's television champion, yes. He's just certain people that he, you could put him right there, but he's not, doesn't, whether he, he just wasn't ready 
or what have you? It just yeah, made that title reign feel so flat. It, it it just didn't have the the, the cachet. And then, honestly, I don't think certain things like that. I don't think it was the time to make that move. And he and he uh, yeah, the crowd fell flat. And that was the beginning of the decline of ROH because again they lost a bunch yeah. of talent because AEW was coming in. But also people were just like, what the fuck? You know, and yeah. it was just one of those things of like sometimes you gotta take a risk on a guy, but that wouldn't have been the night to do it. Yeah. And and then yeah, see, and then and then, yeah. they, and then they tried to do the thing with the uh, cash and um there's two idiots from the WWE, mm. you know, mm. the and, mm. and and they didn't tell anybody, and, and the uh, Grills yeah. of Destiny were pissed. It, it and like put it this and way. here's the part, you, you did it, and then you didn't even show it. Like, everything, like, they just... But see, but see it, it like put it this way, because, because I want to keep it somewhat moving. Um, because, like I said, with that, that's something we, we, we could definitely delve into. Because I think that was the night where everything fell apart for Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where things oh, really it turned too. Apart. Yeah, no. That so, so now um, before we get to, uh, which ain't even gonna be a long discussion. Um, it, I watched. I had a pleasure, of course. I keep I keep it with the NWA or what have you, and they're catching their stride. I also catch up with MLW. Um, it, they're starting to get MLW's getting a little bit better. Um, with their storyline cohesiveness and NWA, of course, I am sorry, I can't. They gave me Pope and Macadona this week. Oh, I am sorry. I love it like this. It was like watching World Championship Wrestling on the Superstation. It, it, it was it was like that. It was that good of a fucking match, and. The storylines that they're doing, and to me, I'm not even going to front. Macadona need to keep the NWA belt for a minute. And plus, I like the way they're also building up um, Nick Aldis to try to get back into the mix to even get a title shot. Because it is because this is what I love about the old NWA. If you lost, you don't get a title shot the next week, motherfucker. You, you go to the bottom of the barrel and got to work it back up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To me, even even if, if it was disqualified, unless it was a disqualification, and they might let you get away with that maybe one time, like, all right, you, you, you did win by disqualification, so we're going to bring you back for another match. But then if you lose clean by pinfall, which technically Nick uh, this did, you should go to the back of the line. So I like the yeah. fact they're doing that storyline. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's uh, it's just because it's predetermined doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want. You still have to abide by the lines of logic. Stephen King, you know, basically he's the master of the universe he's creating. He can do whatever he wants, um, <laughs> you know. But but there's like ebbs and flows, and there's character development, and there's a way that eventually the evil in the book is going to win and or lose. You just don't, you know, rush to the ending. So just because you uh, can basically determine, like, Grisham's going to be my champion for the next 14 months, or Macadona's going to be my champion for the next two years. I'm like, okay, you did that, but how are we going to keep that along? Because it's one thing to keep the belt on him. 
I got to keep the interest going and keep it. There's, you know, there's a way of doing things. And again, you need to engage the fans. And one of the things is that, that you have to, I think, maybe force upon the fans is bring back feuds, blood feuds, um, personal uh, personal grudges and situations, uh, competitive feuds, storylines, basically. Not like stupid storylines where somebody gets beat up in the back or somebody's dating somebody or somebody's kidnapping somebody. Like legitimate, like this is a beat that's been ongoing. And then he, because, all right, I just watched a, a thing the other day. Raven and Tommy Dreamer is a perfect example. They had a few that lasted literally two solid years and with around one basic thing that Tommy never got a pin on Raven and they involved other wrestlers. Sometimes Raven go off and feud with Sandman. Tommy would feud with Brian Lee, but they were always somehow Bring back. Past. It was a two-year feud that, you know, and it had like ebbs and flows and they kind of did little twists and turn and everything and it was some of the most brilliant booking and, the, and some of the best series of matches, you know, everything connected with that. And then, you know, Cactus Jack doing the anti-hardcore thing and just and, and turns and twists. You can do stuff like that. And again, to the wrestlers credit, there's wrestlers out there that can pull this shit off it, and they can still do all the shit they want. If they want to do, try to have that Dave Meltzer five-star match every single time they go out there, you can, you could do that. Uh, but you can do it with the reason behind it. And, you know, that's just the bookers and the, whoever's in charge of, of putting the matches together and the wrestlers essentially just needs to train the fans that, like, you know, these two guys are going to be married to each other for the next And no, I'm going to tell you some funny-ass shit. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes you just got to tell your audience, like, hey, this is what it's going to be. You got to deal with it. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but you got to deal with it. Yo, yo, peep this. Matt Cadona, I heard, sent a picture with him with all seven belts that he got to Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh good. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome. I don't think, uh, I think, I think Vince is one of those guys that didn't, that won't care. But at the same time, it, it's, it's sometimes just good. No, to say no, Vince, he's gonna be like, wait a second, wait a second. Hmm. Well, uh, that's... yo, when we get to, uh, you might need to bring him back. Good shit, he got seven titles. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. It's um, it's a thing of uh, you know you had this guy, you didn't use him, and again Vince, you know it's it, it, I don't know it's 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 it's, it's I, I honestly don't understand the mentality of Vince because the number of people they like. Oh, we about we about to get to that. Oh, we about to get to that. Hold that thought. We about to get to that. There was one more thing I wanted to talk about before we got to. The jury part of wrestling. The wrestling, the week, the, the week, the, the time of the week that I don't like. But anyway, I finally saw the 10th anniversary of Progress Wrestling. So I told you, I said, I'd be wanting to see my man Spike Trevay, uh, Spike Trevay and see what he actually did. Because I like the build of what they're doing with him and Card Noir. And Card Noir had a Banging ass match with Ilya Dragunov from um, NXT UK. Um, these guys have what is called a theater of violence. That's what they call it. And it, it was physical as fuck. You know, and that's one thing I like about over there in the UK. They're stiff. They're stiff. 
Woo, they stiff. And after he lost the match, Spike Trevay attacks him from behind. And he did something I never seen before. It had to give it to him, props. He tied Carl Noir to the ring by his throat with a chain with a locking key. So it's not that he's hanging him. He just, he's stuck there with his back turned to him. And basically just goes on talking about how he asked the whole, the whole, like I told everybody, if you listen to other shows, he asked Carl Noir for a title shot. Carl Noir blew him off. See, I like the way they built this from day one. You feel me? You know, and and even in a previous interview that he did a segment, he said Carl Noir mentioned him on a radio show. It's saying he probably won the best rats in the UK for a book. So he has him tied up, and he just tell him, he's like, huh? You 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 see me now? You see me now? <laughs> Am I beautiful now? <laughs> Oh, so he goes get a chair. Now, mind you, Carter Wall back is turned to him. He is stuck. It ain't nothing he can do, right? This other twist I like. The referees are trying to get into the ring. WWE do not do this. AEW do not do this. NWA does it, but it takes a minute. No, no. They were out there soon as this motherfucker after he done chained him up, right? So he came the referees at bay. He said, you, he said, you talked about theater of violence. I love this line. He said, you said you're a theater of violence. He was like, well, guess what? I was a theater major. I have a background in theater. <laughs> she began to beat that dude with the fucking chair. And you can hear the, the commentator said, he can't even drop to the ground because <laughs> he, he got him tied up. I mean, he's laying into him with the chair. He even rubbed his face on the dude's face so he can get some of the makeup. And then he said, and he kept calling him by his real name, Tom. Which I really like that little twist too, to make it even more personal. And he took his mask, the mask that he comes to the ring with. And it's funny how I can sit here and see that those English p- promoters, they go back and look at the territory days. Because that was territory shit. That won't no WWE shit. That won't no A. That 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 what I mean by that's some shit that modern day Arn Anderson might have done or, or Oli. You feel me? And then even to the point of you understand why he has the issue with Car Noir. I asked you for a title shot. You didn't give it to me. You even said that I was a great wrestler, but you didn't give me the title shot. So now I'm gonna make you know who I am. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, you know, uh, it's a thing to make something personal and to build up a grudge. But, you know, it's too much emphasis on, oh, I could do this really awesome move or I can do this. Like, it's like, you know what? Here's the funny, again, um, everybody can do this series of moves. Everybody could do a Huda Karana. Everybody can do a Tobo Jujo flying dive or whatever. Like, it doesn't make you special, just like in the porn industry. Um, okay, well, everybody has the same body type, but everybody has uh, a 12-inch dick. Okay, so, you know, now now no male talent is is special. Like, there's no, there's no difference. Everybody does, you know, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it's like, well, you got to give me a reason to, to care about you. Yeah. Dalton Castle, 
you know, kind of was a middle of the road wrestler until he basically did a, admittedly a, a watered down uh, rendition of um, that Adrian Street gimmick. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's a. Uh, you know, again, you gotta have a you gotta have a gimmick. You gotta have psychology, and it's and it also it benefits you because if everybody's doing one type of thing, mm-hmm. well, then you might want to try to do something different so you stand out mm-hmm. and maybe start the new trend. Yeah, because I didn't get finish uh, the anniversary show, but like I said, it was just that match. The tag match they had was pretty good. Is I tell anybody if you got Peacock, take time out, check out Progress Wrestling. And definitely check out ICW because I know um, Grissom Posa had a title match because he's a champion over there at this point in time. And um, like I said, I can't wait to see that match for sure between Carl Noir and Spike Trevay. And I'm not even going to front. We might because you got because you got Peacock. Oh, I could just you got Peacock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that match happens, we're going to. Do a live reaction to that shit. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because I know that match is going to be very, very brutal and and, and ugly. Um, now, to the part of the show that really makes you sad and makes everybody upset. That goddamn WWE. Now, we were talking about booking. You done sat here and had the most stupendous, greatest WrestleMania main event unification match of all time. And y'all don't know what the fuck y'all want to do now. <laughs> well, yeah. Then they, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they're going to bring out Shinsuke and, uh, you know, and again, it comes back to that thing of like, oh, well, he means something again because uh, we said so. And it's like, this dude hasn't mattered in. Dude, I can't even fucking tell you. You might the news story. Well, well, the news report or alleged, 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 because we're not a news news source like that. But we're not a news source. But that they don't know when he's going to drop the belt. If he's going to drop the belt anytime soon, or to whom, all they know is they want The Rock and him to have that match. Which, of course, and they want it to be that after it's all said and done, that Roman Reigns is the greatest superstar of all time. Now, add to it, in the Little Rock or the Young Rock, whatever, they had a part in the show where it was the baby Joe Maivia. Well, I mean, Joe, damn, I can't even think. I don't know. can't remember his real name. Uh wrestling on an older rock and he's saying no nah, we can't have that match that's a wrestlemania main event oh yeah yeah so i'll ask you a question i rolled my eyes so hard on that one i think i actually pulled something and people were like no that's an indicating that he might want the match no that's indicating he taking shots at vince like dude that's the closest that that match might happen in the next decade i'm gonna i, I look i'm I don't think it's going to happen because, again, the guy is worth literal billions, and he ha- doesn't wrestle anymore. I know he. Do- I know he's like a ridiculous 
workout freak and he's and he's on a regiment that's like inhuman and, and he's on all kinds of herbs and spices but the thing is he is not uh he they're not gonna let him wrestle he's again too because the last time he did it he got hurt and he's worth too much money to yeah. risk getting hurt and also the wwe i know wwe likes to act like they're big they're very big fish in yeah. a small pond uh but you know re- reality a lot of companies don't really want to fucking deal with them because they're wwe and and frankly the, the, the mcmahon's are kind of a basically a little trashy you know like i'm not gonna lie to you i if I was gonna, if I was to like a Disney or a Hulu or an HBO mm-hmm. Max or whatever, and I wanted to invest in the wrestling company, I would, I would have bought an AEW or I would have bought a Ring of Honor. Or I would have started my own. I wouldn't go with uh, WWE because you know they are, you know they are, you know they're uh, they're like I said they they got a bad history. They do a lot of really questionable shit, and uh, they are also the McMahon's are kind of trashy. You know, it's, you know, they, they, they do a lot of questionable shit. Like I said, and I know, uh, again, they actually, no one's really hit on this, but I'm going to fucking pound on it. Uh, they give it away a stupid humanitarian award named after a guy who was an openly known white supremacist and a homophobic. And then they have his equally unqualified wife, who is a, who probably is the one that got him into all the homophobia and the white supremacy, giving out his humanitarian award. To, to majority black recipients. So, you know, and they have literally the worst and most treasonous president in the United States, in the in United States history in their hall of fame. And they have a deep association. They even served in the white house. So it's like, yeah, they, they're, they're trashy people. Friends. Yeah. They're, they're see, trashy I, people. But, but to me is, to me, I, I look at like, like what's going on with, with, with this title situation, is that uh, we about to get a Bruno situation where they're going to have this dude have this belt for damn near five to six years, hoping that The Rock is going to actually one day show up to a WrestleMania. Because to me, do you need that belt for that match to begin with? And then the other part of it, are you trying to build him as the greatest champion of all time or the superstar? And if he's the superstar, why do he need the belt to be proven that? But also, uh, if also if I was a studio exec and I was dumb enough to let The Rock do this, uh, first of all, I would give the WWE no say in anything. And I would tell, not ask, I would say, like, I'll give you The Rock for a night. The Rock, yeah, is, the Rock is winning. And if you don't like it, then no Rock for you. That's what I was about to say. Would The Rock go over? That, uh, it, if, that, see, cause see, that's my thing. Because even though he is family, they're family. And would The Rock be like, nah, I can't take that loss, though. Well, I, I don't know what The Rock would do. Um, but if if you're the WWE, you want Roman winning. And if you're the studios or his agency or basically all the, the people, win. Again, but also, I would just tell The Rock flat out, because again, I'm... Yeah. One of the things that I market myself to producers, and I'm, and I'm, like I said, I got some stuff in the works that I've been pushing, and how I present myself to the to anybody is that I 
am a moneymaker. Like, you know, if you put me on this site, I, I have people that will verify it, that I'm very popular on this site, and it generates sales. I, you put me on set with this talent, I can make the talent happy, and if you block out two hours for this shoot, I could have you done in an hour and a half and put you ahead of the game. I can make you money, plus I also have a growing podcasting, and I'm working on, you know, an eventual YouTube channel, like all this stuff, and essentially, like, I generate income. I'm not the best-looking talent. I don't have the I don't have like rock solid washboard abs and I don't have the world's biggest dick, but I generate money. I generate money. I generate fan base and I generate these things. And, you know, when you do that, then you add a value to yourself. And then when you prove it, well, then people take an interest. And if I and the rock has proven that he generates money, like yeah. the rock, look, young rock is a fucking terrible show. I watch it every week, but it's a terrible show, but it's on the air. And it got two seasons because it's Dwayne Johnson. So yeah. he generates money for people. Forget about how much he's worth. The money he generates for everybody else, that makes him very valuable. Which means if I was investing in The Rock in any kind of situation, like, oh, you want to develop something with my company or I'm developing. I would tell him flat out, like, dude, you're not doing. One, I don't want you really associated with the WWE like that. Uh, I don't want you wrestling again. And if you do, I'm gonna, you know, pull yeah, all my money. because that that insurance is a motherfucker. <laughs> but also, but also, just the, the WWE, the WWE, and the McMahon family did not have the greatest reputation, and I don't want that level of association, especially if I have money invested in you. And mm-hmm. again, the, here's the other thing: when you're when you're not a when you wrestle all the time, yeah. your mm-hmm. well, your body is kind of hardened to it. When you take time off, especially years upon years, you are more yeah. inclined to get injured with one match, especially when you have a real but see, match. But see, the thing is, but, but Stone Cold proved because, okay. Well, he just did, like, a lot of kicking and punching. Like, The Rock is going to have, like, a match match. But The Rock don't really have that much of an extensive, you know, I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Repertoire? Yeah. He don't have an extensive what? He going to do the elbow. He going to... But they're going to expect the, more... The, Smack more out of him in that match. And that match is going to have because again, everybody knew whether not, yeah, because family, the intensity of it, yeah, but not that, yeah, but also they're going to expect more of a real match. Everybody kind of knew, like, they just want to see Stone Cold, you know, basically kick and punch. And yeah. and you know, and that's essentially what that was. He took a couple of little beatings, but he didn't take any ridiculous bumps and, yeah. he, he, and he gave way more than he got. And yeah. with The Rock, there's going to have to be some selling. There's going to have to be some back and forth. There's going to be, you know, and again, there's there's psychology. There's ring rush. And he also, now he's like a massively big dude. And yeah. and again, you, he's got some amazing genetics, but he, so, he is on some shit. And when you're on that shit, it does, it makes you look amazing, but it can leave you open to... Injuries, you know, like a lot of times when these guys yeah. like get muscles get torn off the bone and everything, it's because of steroid or you know human growth, you know whatever. Like you know, you, you you're pushing the body's limits. It it strengthens one thing, but it weakens another. Yeah. So with with that, of course, they had the little rankings of who was the bad guys and the good guys on each of them. I don't remember all the rankings too too tough. But of course, Cody is up there, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, all right, how long do you keep the belt on Roman?" And of course, who you drop it to? 
which of course everyone is is pointing it with Cody because Cody I think is the I think the number one baby face on Raw and um, to me I think I can see it, it how can I put this at some point they have to drop it because it's it's he can't go it it's gonna get stale. You feel me? It's going to get stale. See, what a lot of people didn't realize the reason why Rick might drop the belt for a month was so the title reign that he was doing or the run he was doing would not get stale. And because think about what happened with Bruno, his run got stale. When we think about the Sheik, how long he was the US champ in his territory. It got stale. <laughs> you feel me? You know, period. So it's like it one, if the belt drop, it speaks to the lack. Does it speak to the lack of them making stars that Cody, who left, only reason why y'all looked at him because he was one of the big names on your competitors. And he really remade himself. Does that speak to the ability or inability of a WWE making stars? Well, I, I think regard. Well, basically, WWE does have a hard time making stars because again, they 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 uh, they want to kind of keep the wrestlers under their thumb, and they don't want them getting too big. Uh, and and it's and it's invisibly bitten them in the ass in recent years. <laughs> Uh, but as far as like with Cody, yeah, he's a bigger, better star now because, and he didn't do that without the WWE. He did that without the WWE. Like all his efforts going to New Japan and Ring of Honor and everything, Cody had this cachet coming back because Cody did it. You know, the, the WWE, when he was in the last time, he was just a simple Mick Carter guy. And, you know, um, if you're going to look, if you're going to put all your eggs in the basket on this, like, one, one, mind you, match that's, like, a year away that may not even happen, that you – and the WWE is so egotistical and so obsessive about controlling every little thing. I don't think they would give up that much control. Uh, you know, I don't think they give up that much control with, um, you know, to anybody like the studios or, the, or his agent or Hollywood because – you know they're just control freaks. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you're gonna beat him anytime soon, uh, Cody would be the one to do it. Um, and also they've proven that Cody's got a like a high right now, but mm-hmm. they've proven that they can't maintain it. So it's like okay, before you basically inevitably end this guy into the mid card again, or put him in some kind of joke fucking thing, or in some kind of weird limbo that you have Seth Rollins in. Uh, you might want to capitalize on it and give him a title shot mm-hmm. and give him the bell for a minute and then maybe have Roman win it back. But, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't have any faith in the WWE booking. Uh, the only thing I could give them credit for is if you're a top guy, you, you get a good paycheck. Other than that, um, they don't know how to make stars anymore. They don't know how to book. And if they're going to run the risk of waiting to like, oh, ne- we, we have to have this match. I'm like, all right, well then, all right, fine. What if you do get the match and Roman wins? Okay, well, now what? Because now you built it up. 
you ha- you can't just have now anybody beat him. You, now you got to mm-hmm. like you now you created the monster that okay, well who's going to beat him? And you know it's I don't know it's it's a uh, because ironically the one thing that having two world titles kind of helped was you could have another world title to put on this guy. Now you have the one, so now you really have to stop being a fat prick a fat selfish prick and start building up some stars and making the effort because you know like i said like shinsuke was in a opening bad match with ted arsini jr and now all of a sudden and now he's going to be going for the world title and uh it's like and everybody know everybody in their grandmother knows that he ain't winning that fucking thing so there's like a thing that maybe you'll get a pay-per-view match out of. Uh, yeah, we, we know he's a feed. He's Summer a feed. Slam, possibly by SummerSlam, Cody. But even then, you you know, it, uh, again, like you're going to tell an interesting enough story if you're not going to have him win it at SummerSlam to get it to, you know, Survivor well, Series. Man. Yeah. But see, but, but here's the other interesting thing that's happening in WWE. Now we have a conversation of the unified tag titles. So, why is WWE now deciding they want to unify everything? Because now I'm pretty sure next up would be the United States and then the Continental Time. I think it has something to do with. I think it has something to do with the networks because you know, again, when you when you get paid with, like, I always been wary just from things I've witnessed. Like Dave Chappelle's a perfect example. When somebody comes to you and offers you a lot of money. You can't get blinded by the money because the more money they give you, the more say they're going to want because they're giving you all this money. And Fox and USA and everything, all these TV rights, whatever, well, we're giving you all this money, so we want more of a say. We don't like this. and Why can't we get this TV star on our – why can't we get Roman on our show and this, that, and the other thing? So I think it's pressure from – it's like, motherfucker, we're giving you all this money. Like we want Roman Reigns, we want you know whatever, and uh, and that's just, and also the WWE just does this like they're okay they do a brand yeah. split for a few years and then they just okay no more brand split mur, 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 mur. and then a couple of years yeah. go by and they go oh we have to have a brand split and you know it's they do that I think it's from the you know mm-hmm. from the the thing I think it's like the network saying like we want X amount of stars don't give a shit about your stupid little. We bought the show. We bought SmackDown. We didn't buy a brand. We bought SmackDown. We bought a show. So if Roman Reigns gets the best ratings, why the why isn't this motherfucker on the show that we are paying you a king's ransom time? Yeah, three because it's just like ain't never been said about. Because even though we're assuming that Sinsuke is the next challenger, it's never been said. So it's kind of like because I think the house shows been McIntyre. Who he's been, he's been wrestling against, you know, um, and then of course we know that the Beast he will not be at Backlash, so which means that that wasn't one of the matches that he probably <laughs> creeped upon on his contract. But but like I said, I mean, um, but now I really hope that they do not try to unify the United States in the Continental Title because yeah, the, I mean I because but. No, no, I just, I don't think that that would be the one, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, 
I think it would be a weird move, but again, with the WWE, you're trying to apply logic to something that acts without logic. Yeah, so. that's very, very true. So, um, I know I was reading that Miss Alexa Bliss, they, they don't have nothing for that poor child. Uh, <laughs> and we had some name changes. It's just, you see how quick we go through this. With Alexa Bliss, uh, I'm not surprised because. Did they let her they go? Kind of, no, they didn't let her go. I wish they would, but um, not that I want to be jobless, no people. It's, it's, I think she would be better served if she went somewhere else. Um, because Alexa. The gimmick that she had, I liked it, especially with the Lily doll, which is funny as fuck because she still carried the Lily doll. The point of her going to the therapist was to lose the Lily doll, and I don't understand that storyline. But no, they because they were they, they were saying that she was getting tweeted, and they were asking her, you know, when we gonna see you and shrug emoji, you know. <laughs> so I mean, I see they doing her like Bray in many ways. Because I, I knew that it was going to happen when they did the Bray Wyatt gimmick with her. That it kind of was going to probably sour on Vince to where Vince, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, she's one of your top talents. Former champion. Uh, probably one of the, the best wrestlers, one of the top wrestlers on your, your brand and you have nothing for her. Crazy. I mean, it. I don't know. I mean, it's like I said. I just don't get either with the talent they have. Everybody's saying the same thing about WrestleMania. In that the first night was better, and if they had just cut it down to one night, it would have really would have actually probably had a full on great WrestleMania. It's yeah. it's just the they got. I don't know. It's just like I said. It's just there's no rhyme or reason. I tried to watch the NXT. And they're doing 80s, early 90s, bad WWE. And and I think that's basically they're trying to bring back the all the weird vignettes and everything and, and thinking that it's going to uh, work like it did in the 80s and 90s. And it's like, no, because you don't have the stranglehold you had on the industry. And the crowd and the audience is more savvy. And, you know, again, WWE fans are WWE fans. You're trying to get other people and uh honestly it's uh it's just it's just bad there's a lot of stuff i mean it's just god awful i mean i don't know it's it's terrible Uh, because like i said i noticed that that now they've been on a kick where you only have like one name you know i'm pretty sure that luvrick whatever his name is i um, they're going to call him Ludwig after he's all said and done. Because uh, they, they dropped Austin Theory. They took away his Austin Theory. Now he's just Theory. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's just, that's a Vince thing. And I heard something, which I, I, I found it weird that they made a, an announcement about it that, you know, they're changing everybody's name or they want to own or if you, if you had a name on the indie circuit, they don't. It's like, well, that's what the WWE always did. Because uh, yeah. WWE is really like again, they want to own everything, and 
again, they're like obsessive control freaks, which it's funny because they're control freak. It, they don't know what they're doing. I'm sorry. They don't know what they're doing because, I mean, the product is just so bad. It's just so, so bad. It's not, it's not wrestling. You know, it's, uh, that's why there's WWE fans and then there's wrestling fans because, and admittedly, the WWE will go on, you know, they won't even allow the word wrestling to be said on their, on their show. You know, they're, they're, they, you know, they're, uh, they're like, they're like the people that wear masks and want to be in porn. And it's like, motherfucker, either do it or don't. So, I'm trying to think, what else is there? I don't know. I mean, I'm ready. Because NXT is kind of like. There's nothing. They they, they gave, you know, they gave, they brought in that weird European tag team and put the belts on them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Which I I had no issue with pretty deadly winning the titles because they were actually pretty good in the UK. Um, I don't think they built them up or it's it, it like this way. It's crazy that they attack the uh God damn, what the hell them damn boys name? The brothers. <laughs> Cause I ain't got my computer on. But that they, they uh attack them attack the Diamond Mind twins with the Diamond Mind brothers. And oh yeah, the Creed brothers, yeah. The Creed brothers. And and then the next week. They're in the tag match against the Gauntlet against the Creed, and they get the uh, the victory for the title. So, I, me personally, I have no issue with it. I just wish they did a little bit more building up to kind of make sense of why you put them in there. Which means that you basically must say that because they were the NXT UK champions, they kind of put them in line to go after the NXT. I think they were just rushing to to cover up. Uh... That whole debacle with uh, MSK, and I'm wondering what they're going to do with the guy's partner. I mean, he didn't do anything supposedly, so like, I wonder... he probably had a singles run. I don't know what the run would be, and they probably right now trying to figure out how to repackage knowing them because they glad to repackage him. Be him being a solo, so I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him. What have you? And and him being a solo because it's it's been a while. Cause last time I saw him as a solo act with before. Then he became a tag team in no T uh T and A. So um then of course the 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 Gacy. Oh yeah, the Olive Garden uh Yeah, yes. WWE, I swear, I swear they're they're interesting pack of people. So now let's move on to the old to the old school. That's right, people. And um, I didn't play no music this week. <laughs> but Well, basically, I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, because actually we're going to probably, I think next week we're going to go in depth on Arn Anderson, not Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and just in, in really kind of, it'll be a continuation of the territory thing about, you know, uh, about the ability to be a homesteader and hitting right with a with a with a type of uh, crowd in the territory, but you know um, the thing with wrestling was never meant to, to really be a national thing. It was meant to be kind of a regional 
territory thing because every territory had a flavor of that area. Uh, you know, uh, Southern wrestling is more action of wild and, and personal issues. Memphis was very over the top and, you know, outrageous. Um, you know, the Carolinas had more, you know, like uh, heat of rivalries and, and quality of match. And, you know, they were always, and again, for a large period of time and through pretty much all their history, they were a strong tag, uh, you know, division territory. Florida really emphasized like pro wrestling, uh, being that, uh, you know, Billy Graham was like big into like actual shoot wrestling. So it was very wrestling oriented. That's where, you know, the Briscoes made their home. Uh, you know, Oregon had a cast of colorful characters and, you know, they were a little bit more uh, blood and guts. Um, and, uh, you know, Texas, like San Antonio and Southern California had a kind of a more Latin uh, flair. Like a, they, they were the kind of the initial ones that did a mixture of uh, that uh, Lucha, American hybrid. And... Uh, Houston was the first one time when I watched Houston was the first time. Well, I mean, I knew of him and I've seen him before, but like uh, Hector Guerrero, when I saw him, in, uh, when I watched like one of the Houston things from back in the day, man, and seeing Gory, I was like, whoa, did see him actually do the Gory ball. Because <laughs> so, the only time I ever saw him was when, you know, he did shit with Chavo, his son. But no, excuse me, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Chavo, senior Chavo, senior, and um, down in Houston or what have you. And like to me, when I look at the territory days, it was like the way that they're doing it now is similar, but it was more of it made superstars back then. We had more superstars, in my opinion, in the territory days than we have now. Well, yeah, and and we had ones that had more durability because you were able to develop. Like you know, you started out as a jobber of one territory, you would move around, and then you would eventually get your big break in one territory, and that would be, and that would be after a number of years, and you would then develop what you would become. Roddy Piper started in 1969. He didn't get his big break until 1975 in the Los Angeles territory in his feud with the Guerrero brothers, um, you know, and he put in six years yeah. of work. Uh, where, where he piped Kuka Karacha. He played Kuka Karacha hmm. with the bagpipes. I saw that. And that's, the, you would work, <laughs> and you would work with uh, different bookers and you, again, you would pick up different styles and, and flavors Um you know, like uh, the Stampede territory was famous for not being the best paying territory and being having these long trips in the harsh weather. And they had a hard time keeping top American, you know, wrestlers there. So they the thing about that was, you know, they had a mix of British wrestlers, wrestlers from New Zealand, Australia, Mexican. They had Japanese wrestlers and so they had this like very eclectic uh menagerie of wrestlers and different wrestling styles and mixed in with the shooting style and the solid fundamentals of a uh, stew heart training and you know so you get guys like david schultz or leo burke or uh the anvil um 
you know, that would come pass through and kind of, you know, experience or, you know, get a, like a cross flavor. And also they would, you know, Stampede had those connections with like New Japan and uh, Europe. And, you know, so a lot of wrestlers were able to kind of like go wrestle for like a year, a couple months in uh, Stampede and then like have the door open for them to, you know, for Japan or Europe. Uh, and, you know, also every territory had their their flavor and their style and their way that they liked their wrestling. But basic wrestling psychology was universal. And, you know, certain things worked because, again, you would use the logic and you would do the slow build. Um, so you eventually get guys that would just follow each other for years, you know, like one of the biggest of more famous tag rivalries was the Kentuckians versus the assassins. And essentially, you know, they would go into uh, the Kentuckians would come into a territory and be, you know, the new bad guy, you know, the new good guy team. And then eventually within a month or two, once they were kind of up and running, the assassins would come in and they would do the same angle over and over again. Um, you know, like uh, I see. Also, now the, the the other thing is, um, which I'm I'm asking, is that because the territories, because it was territory, it was regional. Everything was based off regional. That it made them coming in more of an impact than it is today. You feel what I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. It was they were new, and they and they knew like, okay, I work with really well with this guy or I did this angle like there was a I believe it was can't remember who the opponent was but uh Grizzly Smith used to do a thing where oh I think it was Harley Race it was Grizzly Smith had a thing like I had this cast iron stomach and everything and you could jump off a ladder all into my stomach and it wouldn't it wouldn't you know hurt me so sake of argument something like I believe it was the San Antonio territory Harley Race come in do the angle with uh, you know, Grizzly Smith and jump off, but he wouldn't jump off at him on the stomach. He would like hit him on his throat and it would be this big, you know, like, oh no, he crushed his larynx and he had to be carried out and it would be a whole big thing. And, you know, then it would start a, a feud. And then they would essentially, after a period of time, now, now Grizzly is wrestling in Dallas or he's wrestling in the, you know, Amarillo territory or he's in uh, Mid-South, and then they would come in and then Harley or some other wrestler come in, do the exact same angle and, you know, it would do the exact same thing, and then, then it would just draw money, you know. Uh, oh, perfect example of a more modern one was when the Midnight were put together, uh, they immediately were just, you know, just a hit, and up for basically until, I want to say, 88, 89, no, no, I would say 89, 90, when, when, you know, the beginning of the wrestling, uh, like, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the crashing of the market of wrestling across the board started to happen. The midnight would come into a territory and they would start a feud with a, some kind of tag team or they would have a feud with the Fantastics. And then after that feud, then they eventually would have the feud with the Midnight Express. If you go back and look, the Midnight and the Rock and Roll Express are one of the greatest and probably the most endearing and enduring feuds uh, in wrestling history. If Bobby Eaton were still alive, P- 
people would pay money to see the same four guys and Jim Cornette do five minutes. Um, and everywhere they went, and everywhere they went, they 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 feuded, but they never just raced in. Like, okay, midnight's here. Next week, the Rock and Roll will be here, and then we'll be up and running yeah, with a few. It's, it's like they took one team and built up that team. It actually really was a Midnight Express. Like, because Midnight Express was the first one that came into Crockett. Yeah. And, um, and they also kept them apart when they first came in. Because remember, the Rock and Roll Express came in, they beat the Russians to win the tag titles to begin with. Yeah. And and the, uh, like, in Mid-South, they had the, the initial feud with, uh, Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA, which went into yeah. the last Stampede feud with uh, Bill Watts and the Junkyard Dog. Then, I think by the spring, or the end of spring, early summer, then finally they had to rock and roll. Then they had a feud where I think rock and roll had to go back to Memphis, so they were banned for like 30 days or something like that, or 90 days. And then when they came back, they continued the feud. Um, and the Fantastics, uh, they would come in and have continuous feuds because, you know, eventually with the Midnight and the, the, the Fantastic Midnight feud doesn't get as much uh, attention as the Rock and Roll Midnight. But uh, and, and Jim, Jim, Jim Cornette said that some of their uh, matches, like as far as actual like physical wrestling matches were better with the Fantastics. And I would argue that is correct because um, the Fantastics were a really great underrated team and the problem was that they weren't very flashy like the rock and roll were and they were always kind of one step behind the other because the fantastics had some incredible feuds with the midnight express uh, a great bloody war with the sheep herders aka the bushwhackers and they would have they would have and they could have those bloody brawl barbed wire feuds with the sheep herders and have these like 30 minute technical high flying action pack matches with the rock and roll and they could also go to Japan and compete in that original all Japan style. Yeah, that's, 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 and they just didn't get the kind of like when I look at also with the territories was that like what I used to love about George, like World Championship Wrestling. I saw Ted DiBiase. They made the point to say, yeah, he's from Mid South. He's the national heavyweight champion. They always made the point to say where they were from. It's like you had one central show and then you had the other territories because that would actually work championship wrestling in the beginning, you know, period. And also, to me, it's kind of like, like Jim Cornette said, if it allowed wrestlers to go away, to not only build up their cachet, but to go away to where it gave the fans time to miss them when they come back. Yeah. Which is something that we don't have now. Because, like, yeah, Moxie wrestled for GCW, but he also wrestled for AEW. He also wrestled for New Japan. So it's like, we're seeing him, like, three times a week. Versus back in the day, if he was doing that, you might hear about it in the magazine, but you don't see him three times a week. Yeah. You look at him all once. Yeah, and I gotta say, because uh, I've been kind of slowly trying to piece it together, but like, you know, the the fantastic Midnight Express match from the first class of champions is definitely on my uh on my top ten list. Um and you know it's it's one of those things like again you had a certain ability to go and reinvent yourself and the wrestlers had options. Um they had options to, you know, if they weren't, you know, happy with the way they were booked or they weren't happy with the situation they were in, they can go to another territory and work. 
And again, the wrestlers did wrestle a lot more. So I think, you know, I think wrestlers are injured more now than they were back in the day. And I also think the matches, even though they look like more of a struggling competition, they look more realistic and smooth than they do, you know, today. Because I think in this day and age, they're trying real hard to, like, do these overly elaborate, you know, uh, move sets and everything. And, you know, when you're going to choreograph something like that, it, you know, if somebody's a beat off, it's going to be noticeable. Um, but yeah, the territories were good in the sense that everybody, and again, it kept everybody fresh and everybody had a distinct, unique uh, flavor. And then, you know, uh, it became like, uh, basically like a top guy wherever you go. And some people became star attractions and some people became journeymen. Uh, you know, other people became, you know, like homesteaders and everything. And we're probably going to talk about probably one of the biggest homesteaders next week um, in Ole Anderson. But, Ole uh, Anderson. Uh, matter of fact, let me reach over here and yeah, because, like, because like, when I think about like Nick Bockwinkle, I never heard of him going anywhere else but AEW. You know, uh, when I looked up Johnny Weaver, we talked about Midland last week, it, it, it shocked me that he went to Florida. And the only other place he went to was Florida. You know, and when you and when people think about Jerry King Lawley, he, I saw him maybe one time in World Championship Wrestling. One time. And I think that when he pissed off I think that when he pissed off Jerry Jerry, that's when he appeared in World Championship Wrestling. He was there for like two matches, a cup of coffee actually, and I ain't seen him no more out of these beats. You know, so it's kind of like to me, it allowed it, it also showed you who were the true attractions of the day because very few wrestlers could get off and be money makers in every territory they went to. Yes, actually, I do remember that it was. Um, I think it was the beginning of of Jerry Lawler becoming a a big draw because he was a you know again he started out as a draw with as a tag team and then eventually went singles and essentially you had the same towns every week and then you had like spot shows and what have you and it's, it was all like a mix and again every territory had a different style and how they made their money as opposed to the local economy and jerry lawler said to jerry jared that hey uh don't book me in this small town i don't want to go there because it was like a smaller market and everything and and back then you know it uh you kind of had to keep i guess you know control of your business and everything and 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 jerry knew that jerry uh, lawler was you know like his big moneymaker or whatever but at the same time he knew if he let this go he would never be able to live it down so he essentially sent uh basically sent him to florida sent him to georgia i think he was gone for like i want to say at least a year and essentially you know sent him away to be mid-car bottom of the car guy and you know that was just to kind of very subtly show him like no 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 you know, you're if you're gonna be my biggest draw, then you need to go to those small towns, and you need yeah. to, you know, don't you know, you can't just show up at the big towns. And uh, you do a lot of research. Which and which was is is three three components of this question. I right. one style of wrestling, 
to marketability and superstars. You feel me? And three, length. Which territory, in your opinion, was the best territory? Um, as far as you know, like again, I'm up a little partial. Georgia had Georgia has always been famous for, you know, kind of having its. When they when they were in their, doing their strong period, they were strong, and when they were doing their bad, they were bad. So I would have to say the most consistently good territory. If you're a wrestler, you want to be there. And as far as like in ring quality and being able to make money and the desirable trips, it would be a toss up between the Carolinas and uh, Florida between like you know the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Well, Florida started to lose it in the 80s, but. You know, in the prime, the 70s were the prime peak time for the territories. You want to be in the Carolinas or Florida because of the great weather and the short trips. And, you know, like it was a veritable who's who constantly of uh, of wrestlers from Dusty Rhodes to the Briscoes to the Andersons, Flair, Wahoo, Mr. Wrestling. Because to me, it felt like motherfuckers went to AEW because they couldn't get because they couldn't get into Florida or the Carolinas, sometimes felt like. Well, because, go ahead. Well, no, I heard the advantage of uh, AWA was that you would get like three months off. You would get time off because you know during the summer they wouldn't. Because again, if you if you're living in an area where it's super freezing cold most of the year, yeah. when when the weather when it's like the two weeks that it's like really nice, uh, you're not going to draw any business because everybody's gonna want to do their thing and awa up until the 80s when again when the wrestling when the you know society and wrestling took a major shift and 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 Vern just refused to catch up uh they they were it was a money-making you know territory you know yeah but it just seemed like to me like the carolinas and florida was where everybody wanted to be because yeah i mean it, it just seemed like i seen more foot traffic with those two promotions than I did with those two territories than I saw with Men South, than I saw with even the WWF. Because I think they were, in my opinion, number three of the territories back then. Because that was the, the third one that they wanted to. Because, and mind you, I knew nothing of the Polynesian. I didn't, I didn't know nothing about, you know, California too tough. You know, I'm pretty sure it was, I, back then, I'm pretty sure I used to see the stuff in the magazine. But it like it seemed like to me those two those two territories was the, the kings. Well, you know, uh, you know, you had 50th state wrestling in Hawaii, and again, the you know, mm-hmm. if given the geological limitations of that territory, it could be uh, a nice territory to work for a minute. And if you were on working on the west coast, you would probably come in for shots, and you know, because you see. I have a book on 50 state wrestling and, you know, you could look up the title history and they had some homesteaders, but for the most part, they didn't have like uh, guys stick around like long title runs and everything because it just wasn't a, a viable territory in that regard. Um, with certain territories like Montreal, uh, Northern California and Southern California, you know, they were based off of a major city and I think they would run smaller shows, but, you know, it was like the Olympiad, um, the the uh, the Cow Palace, and you know, I actually just I finally got uh, Rock Rims does 
extended history on the California wrestling. And I have two of his books, uh, one on uh, Northern California. And I'm, and I got, I finally got a hold of the copy of uh, the one that's about based on, you know, Southern California and the Olympia, uh, the Olympic. And uh, I got the rock rims, um, the, uh, the biography of uh, Roy Shire, which I've been waiting to get the other book to really delve in, you know, it'd be a minute before we cover it on the show, but you know, California wrestling was one of those things where the territory kind of died by the time cable TV came in. That's why it's not as well known as some of the other wrestling territories like Texas or the Carolinas, and everything, but far as far as money and in-ring talent and just the environment and the trips and just, you know, wrestlers were partiers. The Carolinas and Florida were the go-to if you were, or also, ironically, uh, Pensacola, the Alabama territory, where uh, those were apparently some really good trips, short trips, and like good paydays. Um, you know, the Armstrong territory. But you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it. I mean, if I was a wrestler and you were able to get in there, you know, because uh, Dennis Condry was famous for saying that you know he'd been wrestling for a long time and been a top draw for a long time uh, before getting into the Midnights. And that was the territory that he always wanted to get into. And he didn't get into it until, like, I think he was in this 15th year of his career. So, well, it's also there were always, weren't always the easiest territories to get into. Piper, Piper took, like, well over 10 years to, to, to be in Mid-Atlantic. So, well, we might have to shut it down because um... – by the time I got another show that I got to take care yeah. of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, loyal listeners. You know, well, that's what happens when you have uh, 187. Yeah, uh, I became the man as a podcast host. So, <laughs> so with that being said, man, you know, um, people, like I said, please check out Pro Wrestling Smoke in the Premium Smoke Room, one of six wonderful podcasts for you to listen to. Four ninety nine a month. We drop new episodes weekly, all the time. And um, ah, another great show in the books, Mister Pilgrim. Yes, indeed. Uh, I always look forward to doing this show, and um, you know, and I got my rec- my homework project for the week. Uh, you know, it will be talking about Ole Anderson, and uh, you know, like basically right. the- Ole Anderson. It will never be over, Ole Anderson. It'll never be over. Um, yeah, and just like the, uh, like that kind of what it takes to be like a homesteader back in the territory days, and you know why some guys just never went anywhere because it would have been involved even even the WWF or the WWF in the eighties. It would have it would have meant uh, a downgrade in lifestyle, and probably for not that much more money. Believe it or not, most definitely. So, people, you know how we always end this, no matter what podcast it is. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? You didn't learn anything. Smoke that over. And uh, until next time, when it's Vader time, we'll see you then. We out. Yep. Hey. Do you enjoy the uh, pro wrestling punditry that we've given you on Pilgrim Bond Wrestling? Well, guess what? You can get some extra pro wrestling 
punditry, as well as a deeper dive into pro wrestling. I'm talking about Pro Wrestling Spoke, a premium podcast on the premium smoke room on the lounge for $4.99 a month. One of five podcasts that you get to enjoy, and I'm talking about weekly. So, subscribe to the Premium Smoke Room and check out Pro Wrestling Smoke, where me and Billy, yo, we get it in, and we discuss and debate different topics from the prettiest and the best-looking belt of all time to modern wrestling, the territory days, old school, what have you. He's the history, I'm the martyr. So, subscribe for $4.99 a month. To the premium smoke room and check out Pro Wrestling Smoke. Now, smoke that over.